The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Are you ready for the surprises we have in store for you in this show? I, I don't. I hope not. I'm looking over my shoulder. Yeah, no, there's talking. no. Here we go. Oh, I mean, there's no gosh. cake this time, but we're just going to do the That bang, was in bang, the bang, middle bang, bang. of a highlight. I was giving it to a Cowboys fan for the Giants being 1-0, and they're 0-1. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. And we're one to know on this podcast. We didn't play anybody, so we're winning. That's for sure. Yeah, no one showed up. No one showed up. They would default by victory. What do they call that? Like uh, Forfeit. Um, forfeit. Thank you. Thank you for that word. And my my brain is still working this morning. Yeah. Late Sunday night, Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid, Chris Sims on button. Hope everybody's good out there. Well, it's crazy. You worked all day. I saw you on my TV all day yesterday. Yes, right. The pregame show to Sunday yeah, Night Football. Right. And then you're doing the postgame show on Peacock with Catherine Tapp as we saw right there. Which is fun. No cake attack. No cake attack. Maybe because they saw how, how freaked out you were when, when Morgan, yeah, Morgan over here just right. walked up with a cake. Yeah, right. I don't know. I was I definitely was freaked out. You don't like cakes I, well, And when they said surprises for we got on you, and then I hear somebody in my ear, and I'm going, oh, no, they're going to try to do something to yeah. me. But that, that was a nice surprise there. That was good. See, I was reading the highlights, talking about the Giants, not on camera, uh-huh. and... Well, we have a a, a a young woman in the in the crew that's that's you know camera does a lot of the wires all of that stuff. Yeah. She's a big Cowboys fan. She's really a cool girl, right? <laughs> and I like to you know I'm a Giants fan, and whenever Dallas struggles, I like to give it to her a little bit. <laughs> She's wearing her Dak Prescott jersey last night underneath her work stuff. Oh. So in the middle of the Giant highlights, you know I'm going, "Gee, man!" And we're one on. I'm off camera. And I'm doing this tour, like, to have fun. And, of course, there's cameras there recording me, they so they it. still got yeah. it. Yeah, and they put it on TV. I like no that. I like that. And I like this evolution in sports media, kind of, where we're not robots. Yes. right? We got into the sport because we were rooting for players and teams. I'm a Detroit Lions fan, reluctantly. Um, but I, I like that. And we can show it a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's You're a human uh, being. It's, it's raw. Who cares? Right. Exactly. It's, it's football behind the curtains. It's, you know, whatever. It's, it's a lot of good. It's a lot of, a lot of fun doing our job. Uh, There's no doubt about it. And yesterday was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. Oh, so I'm Insane. so, I'm so glad you woke up. Yeah. You and Pete working late into the night. You're well, I feel both, guilty. I feel guilty. Cause like you, you, you work late into the night and have baseball games, but you still get here on time. <laughs> Yeah, I do not do that when it's my when it's my turn to get here on time. That's okay. It's a podcast, so I'm always like, ah, there's no hard time. This isn't yeah. PFT exactly. Where in the morning I really have to stretch for 7 a.m. live TV show. Exactly. And here's the deal: even when you don't have the late night, sometimes you still struggle to get here on time. So it's not even that unusual. <laughs> yeah. So we're used to it. All we're right. not mad All about right. that. I uh, still feel guilty because of you. 
Yeah, don't don't feel bad. Okay. Don't feel, especially All after right. feel bad. Other nights, not when you're working till one in the one in the morning. Okay, um, All right, but cool. I, I am so pumped. Yeah. Uh, to talk about all these games. We'll talk about every one of these games. That is our promise to you, the homies out there. We're even going to hit on that Thursday game, which is almost like a no-no on yeah. this podcast, yeah. but we're going to do we it. We need to go was, back to it. it I was, was there in Rams. person. Right. No doubt about it. So Kristen's uh, in the control room punching the buttons. This is going to be a three-and-a-half-hour podcast. Let's do it. Um, no, hopefully it'll be a little quicker than that. But we do want to get through all the storylines, and if you're new to the podcast, um, welcome. Welcome. But what we try to do here is add a little perspective to what you've already seen. Right. And so you've probably already seen the highlights, you see the numbers, you see the stats, but we're going to get into Chris's head on some of the narratives. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're right. Maybe there are trends that are right and wrong. And so we're going to go through every game. Now, you have not watched every play from every game. No. Um, but you've seen enough here yep. to know when the media at large and the fans are maybe speaking the wrong thing or speaking the right thing. Yeah, no question about that. You know, had all the games on in front of me, have a good, you know, feel for all of them, especially the major football games. And then even as the games are over throughout the day, you know, the good thing is here, yeah, we're working at a TV company that. I still get to see a lot of these games as even the day goes on, different highlights, things like that, to where I go, oh, I, I missed that play. Oh, okay. So, But either way, my, my main goal during the 1 p.m. hour when there's nine games going on is just to write down themes of the games and the things that jumped out about the game, not into every little detail. Hey, that's what our Wednesday podcast will be exactly. about. When we break down the film, I'll really get into, oh, wait, they played this coverage, or whoa, they messed up the clock management here at the end. I didn't understand that. Here, I'm just going to tell you about things that impressed me about the, g- the game, things that I felt like didn't impress me as far as team mess-ups, blow-ups, whatever else, and uh, just some of the obvious things that we saw on Sunday. We're going to do it with damn okay players that made you go, damn, okay. okay. Give me the headlines. Pete has got a couple great headlines he for a does. couple of the games here. He really here. does. We'll do, uh, we, we have victory lap that we do throughout the year sometimes. We've got big comebacks we'll group together. So Pete has laid this out professionally, even with very little sleep last night. And we're going to start with the big upsets. Yes. And we're going to start with one of the most interesting games. Sometimes it was frustrating yeah, to watch. Right. The Steelers with the upset of the Bengals in overtime, 23-20. to 20, Almost one of those games where it seemed like neither team wanted to win. Um, I- I'm curious your thoughts on this when your big picture thought, because... There's so much that happened in this game. We could talk about this for an hour. Yeah, this and a game half. could go the whole podcast. But it's, this is just my sense of it, Chris. Right. Yeah, give it top, to me. I love it. Is I feel like if of any team that feels maybe less least panic yeah. about a loss in right. week one, right. I think it should be the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. And maybe the team that feels the least good about a win almost should be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that's a good way to put it. You know, I do. And it, you know, listen, like Pittsburgh, let's put them first off in the class of like teams I would least like to see game one of the NFL season. Sure. Right? It's a little bit like Baltimore, you know, who I got the privilege of playing once in the start of a season, and it's just not fun because their defenses are different than most. There's a lot of moving parts. They break some rules where you go, wait, you shouldn't be able to do this. That's not totally sound, but they take a chance and do it, and, you know, you get sacked for seven yards because you're like, wait, wait, they football, they shouldn't, they don't have all the gaps accounted for. They can't do that. So it's a tough game for a quarterback to start the year with, especially when you haven't played preseason football. But I think like your point is real. And I think that's like one of the things I kind of was like saying on the post game show a little last night was like, I don't know the Bengals. There's, there's a silver lining there. Right. In fact, that you played and made those that many mistakes, five turnovers. I mean, just self-inflicted wounds for the most part. Injured long snapper. Right. Injured. And there you were and really probably should have won the game. I mean, you know, no disrespect to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
but just hung around and continue to make plays and do that. And then you're right, Pittsburgh, you want to go, hey, that was a gritty performance and way to gut it out. But what? It was, I mean, it was 5-0 to in the turnover margin, and you had a shamrock up your ass to win the football game. So that's where it is a little weird. There's no doubt. But they're going to take it as a positive. Sure. Where I look at it is I don't panic about Cincinnati. I don't. The way they look as a football team, first off, here's where I'm disappointed with Cincinnati. Read the room. Read the room. You're playing the Steelers, a team that hasn't been worth a shit on offense the last two years, and now they got a new quarterback. You saw that we've talked about it, right, all through the preseason. Their O-line's not very good. Like, why so aggressive? Oh, excuse me as I drooled on the mic there. Why so aggressive by Joe Burrow and the offense? That, you know, and again, I know some of these plays were great plays by the Steelers' defense, but I do think this is a game, and especially if you look at last year's game one. What did the Steelers do last year? They went into Buffalo and beat Buffalo. Buffalo was careless. Oh, we're going to put on a show. I'm Josh Allen. Boom, boom. Oh, strip sack fumble. Oh, a block punt. And I feel like Cincinnati kind of went in the same approach that, like, we went to the Super Bowl. We're going to put on a show instead of just let's let's play to win the game here and let's just do the right thing to win the football game. So that was my, disappointing to me from that standpoint. But I think either way, yeah, the, the Steelers won. But I feel better about the Bengals. I do. I mean, the Bengals, the defense is better. The offensive line is better. It wasn't perfect yesterday. I know that. And hey, listen, T.J. Watt's arguably the best defensive player in football, so he's a beast. And Cam Hayward's damn good, too. But I do think it looked better. It has a better look. They, they were able to open up some holes in the run game. Um, but, yeah, you know, when you turn over the ball that many times, I, I don't care what happens. It's hard to win the football game. Yeah, part of the reason why the Steelers wouldn't feel good about the win is because of the injury to T.J. Watt. Yeah. Had to leave the game there. Right. It could be a significant injury, pectoral injury. But the other part is the offense wasn't all that great. I was looking at something here, no Chris. Doubt. It was um, they Couldn't only do anything. converted a new set of downs fifty-two percent of the time. That was the lowest in football in week number one. So they just didn't move the chains no. all that often. And they I, Minka Fitzpatrick almost single-handedly won this game for the Steelers. It, it, it really big. I mean, the, their playmakers did for sure. Whether you want to go Minka, T.J. Watt, yeah. yeah I mean, you're right. Those, they, those are their money guys, and they made it happen. But yeah, from the Steelers' standpoint, you know, they had like what a half a drive basically in the middle of the game where they went on the seven-play, 59-yard drive to go up 17-3. to And if I if memory serves me correct, you know, had a good play where I think it was Chase Claypool on the little, like, reverse or sweep for, like, 15 to get it going a little there on that. It was that drive. But other than that, yeah, it was Strugglesville. There was no rhythm to their offense, no holes in their run game. And to me, it looked like, I don't know. Could Pittsburgh throw a ball down the middle of the field or anything like that? Every ball was outside the numbers, jump ball type of thing. So, yes, I was not overly impressed with Pittsburgh, but that's Pittsburgh. You know, when you got a tough SOB like Mike Tomlin is your head coach and then Brian Flores is a linebacker coach, you know, they're, they're fine playing that. We're just going to knock your head off and make some turnovers and make some plays with our studs on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they won a few more games like this this year. But the T.J. Watt injury is huge for them. Yeah. You mentioned that run yeah. by Chase Claypool, right. 12-yard rush. Right. 21 miles per hour. Yeah. The fastest ball carrier this week wow. in the NFL. Wow. He was number one. We could see more of that, right? If Najee Harris is out, they're going to get creative with that, that offense. You'd have to think. And I so would think so. He might get a few more, more carries in that offense. There, there were some things that happened for the Bengals here, yeah. too, that Zach Taylor is 
drawing criticism for. Yeah, go ahead. I think the, um, well, this, that's just my, my point about their approach to the game yes. in general, but I know where you're going to go with so this. there's a couple so, yeah. calls here. Right. Let's, let's go to the one with about three minutes to go. Right. It was a pass down to the one-yard line. I think we have a, uh, a picture of it, yeah. Kristen, here, where Jamar Chase caught it. Uh, it was a big gain, 12 yards. They right. called him out at the one-yard line. If you're watching here on YouTube, which, by the way, we have over 50,000 subscribers. Well done, homies. Wow. We do. We Way made to it. go. Good job. We really, like, we went up the, the totem pole in a hurry here the last Very few fast. weeks. 53,000, Pete says. So wow. We don't, we don't ever hey, have to mention it again. Fuck you, Reed. We don't have to do you again. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Um, but if you are watching on YouTube or Peacock, you see uh, it looks like from that picture he's in, it looked like the replay he was in. They didn't challenge it. No. Um, I, part of me is like, okay. He said after the game, things are happening fast, and it's first and goal from the one. You figure, all right, we're going to be able to just punch it in there. You don't want to challenge something, lose one of your timeouts, end of the game, you're down. Maybe you'll need that later. Right. I don't think that's as egregious. Now, they ended up not scoring on that possession, but yes. did later on in the yeah, game. Yeah, they did. They got lucky to get the ball back. They you did. know, and We were kind of talking about this a little bit before the show started because on the next series, so they score the touchdown, or, or, or and they don't score the touchdown. He throws the ball into the corner, the left corner on fourth and two. And then the next drive, they're, they're not going to get the ball back with as much time left with the fact that Najee Harris got hurt. That helped right? him. That helped him out, seriously. So that was a he, – he bumbled that situation. And my big thing, too, here is – you're right. It wasn't, like, the most egregious ever. But it, it, what was the hurry, first off? What was the hurry to line up and get to the line of scrimmage and not give it a good look? Yeah. Second thing is, in the NFL, don't ever take anything for granted. Get, scoring from the one-yard line can be – Extremely hard because the deep. First off, you don't. Everyone thinks, "Oh, we'll just run it up the middle." And you, you, you think you're just going to run it up the middle, a bunch of a bunch of crazy fuckers like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you think you're just. They don't think you're going to do that too, right? You know. So th- that's where that one yard and just thinking we're going to run the ball in is so much easier said than done, and it, it it's it's I feel like harder now than ever before in the history of the NFL because we have so many freaky defensive tackles and defensive linemen and linebackers there. So I, d- I did not understand the rushing of that. Either way, they escaped that situation and were able to go down the field and score a touchdown You know, with, with how much time was left Four there. Four seconds left. Four seconds left. And to add on that where I want to go, what was Pittsburgh doing on that play with – off coverage to Jamar at, uh, on Jamar Chase, Akila Witherspoon, and they just run a five yard out, and he's got no chance. I mean, you know, again, I, I know it's easier said than done, and you have a lot of things you're trying to stop there. But I would enemy number one of the state would be let's stop Jamar Chase. They kind of seem to want to go to him in big moments. I was a little surprised by that too. I didn't mean to change the subject. No, to no, that, there, I think that was good because then Minka Fitzpatrick saves the day. Unreal jersey. Uh, Clark baby. Harris was out. We yeah. all know Clark Harris's name now. The long snapper for the Bengals. He's yeah. very crucial right. to what they do. And their kicking game was so good in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah, he was out, and so they had a little trouble. The snaps weren't coming in as fast. But I looked at that um, that blocked extra point there, and it was a slower snap. Right. But if you look there, it's uh, Drew Sample, 89 yeah, for the Bengals. backup tight end. Backup tight end. He goes outside. He went outside. And lets Minka go inside. You, if he just, doesn't do that, no one's talking about the snap. The, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're coaching something different. Maybe something's happened, but but my experience, and again, not that I played on field goal a whole lot, but I was in a lot of special teams meetings, you always take the inside guy. Right. Always. Your body goes to the inside guy. You try to get 
a piece of your body on the outside guy. Okay, wait, I'm in a stress situation here. They did something creative. I got to protect the shorter path to the field goal kicker, which would be the inside guy. You protect that and then try to get a hand or an arm on the other guy just to push him, slow him down to a degree. And yes, he made the wrong decision there, without a doubt. And Minka, who got off the ball like incredibly quick there yep. as a special athlete, a guy I've been watching since high school, really. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a star. That was a, a big-time moment. He's got great instincts and feel, and he's just a real awesome football player. I, I really like watching Minka Fitzpatrick play. One last time management thing I want yeah. to talk about. Because yeah, like, it was in overtime. It right. was when they punted. Remember that? There was a penalty. There was some confusion. There was right. about a minute left in overtime. And they're punting, and they punted with about 15 seconds left on the game clock. I don't know if you saw that yeah. at the end of the game. Right. And so it gave the Steelers an extra 15 seconds, and they needed it all because their game-winning field goal in overtime was with five seconds left. Um, the team had already been lined up out there. This is another one of those two that I think we just saw what happened with the snaps, the high snap from the long center. It, it, you got a backup guy in there. They're running. They're all lined up, ready to go. For Zach, he's just like, I don't want to mess with anything. Tell him to sit over the ball for an extra 15 seconds, and he snaps the ball over the punter's head. I, I could see that being part of the equation. But, but that's part of the narrative late in that game, too. Well, the, the, it was bonehead. I mean, you, you take every second in that situation. There, and that's one that, you know, Wednesday, hopefully we'll be able to break down it a little further to sure. where I can get a better look at it. But uh, I, at the time of the play... I remember Coach Dungey, who sits in front of me as we watch these games, and he goes, well, why wouldn't you take it down to you know zero or one yep. here? And, of course, it came back to bite him in the ass. It did. It did. And, you know, you, hey, Chris Boswell, like McPherson for the Bengals and like Justin Tucker, if you get them in the fucking zip code, watch out. That's all they want. I mean, if you get it within 60, 61, 62 – they got a chance to win the game. They're really a weapon that way, and Trubisky hit a few big passes, and that was that, and uh, it was a big-time win. But, yeah, the Bengals played poor. They did. They showed. They looked like a team that didn't play in the preseason. They looked like a team that went, huh, we went to the Super Bowl last year. We're just going to come out here and put on a show for everybody. Uh, but I will say they lost, and I still think they're clearly the better football team, and I would be shocked if this lingers over them. They got the Dallas Cowboys, I think, this coming up, coming up week, right? Without Dak Prescott, I think they'll get back on track. Okay. Yeah. So n no reason to panic if you're the Cincinnati no. Bengals. If Defense looked good. Yes. Mixon looked good. He Joe look Burrow good. is the least of my concerns. He won't do stupid things that he did there yesterday. A team with high expectations, the Cincinnati Bengals, to maybe get back to the Super Bowl. A team that you picked to get to the Super Bowl. Uh -oh. The San Francisco 49ers. Lose in Chicago. It was a monsoon wow, there. Wow. Justin Fields was, uh, what, what do they call that? Slip and slide? Slip and slip slide. And slide. Yeah, yeah. That was a great slip and slide that at the was. end of the game. Didn't you, you ever did slip and slide? Oh, I up, loved it. Right? It was the best. I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes it would knock the wind out of you. Yeah, because right? you'd go too hard yeah. and like, dive on your stomach or whatever. <laughs> right. and you'd be like, oh, I can't breathe. As you're like, going down a hill. Right? Yeah, your parents are like, you having fun? Be like, yeah. no, I think I'm yeah, dying. I'm good, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin Fields looked like he was having fun. I mean, it wasn't really fun to be a quarterback. It sucks to be a quarterback. Uh, Justin that. Fields had a quarterback rating of 2.8 in the first half, <laughs> but it was 145.8. In the second half, he turned it around. Uh, Bears won 19-10 here. Um, there it is. Look at oh, that. Oh, there it is. Yeah, here's the picture if you're watching on Peacock or That's YouTube. Awesome. Oh, that looks like so much fun. It, it, it is Upset fun. Upset win. It's fun in Little League football, 
It's even fun to a degree in high school football. It's not fun once you get to college or the NFL and your life depends on it and passing the football is a real part of like your, oh, your game. Playing in the rain. Playing yes, in the rain. Exactly. Like it's fun. It was terrible. Everybody else might be having fun out there, but the quarterbacks like literally every play every play in a normal game is stressed out. But yes. in a play game like that, you're Oh my gosh, am I going to be able to throw the ball? Oh my gosh, am I going to be able to get the snap from the center? It's just it just adds to the 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 stress of the day there, uh but but you know, overall I thought the Bears kind of handled it pretty well. Yeah, it's why I'm a little reluctant to go hard on Trey Lance. We we'll get to him in a second. Yeah. We'll get to him in a second. Yeah. But let's just go Justin Fields yeah, first let's do because it. uh they won this game. And he made a couple big plays. You know, he didn't look great. It was hard to look great in those exactly. conditions, but when they needed a big play, they were Two quarterbacks in the game. One quarterback made those plays, and it was Justin Fields. A hundred percent. You know, one thing, you know, we talked about the Bears a little bit in the preseason. The Bears, even though they're not overly talented, are well coached. That has jumped out to me. Like, even just watching preseason football, the plays, the way they were coached, the certain plays they called against certain coverages where I went, well, that, that's the right play. That's the way how you attack that. Defensively, Ibraflus, you know, it's a, it's a defense that – you know, in, in years past, sometimes I'd go, I wish they would do a little more and be a little more creative or do something crazy. But they're always sound. They make you earn it. You're not, you know, they're very rarely you're going to get people that just pop wide open against their team in general. And then when you add a guy like Justin Fields and, you know, the way I played yesterday, I mean, Justin Fields just continues to impress me. You know, he, he really does. He's, you know, I, I, uh, I look at him and just go, man, he's... He's got a, a a calmness about him and a self confidence about him that I do think like kind of permeates throughout the rest of the football team. And his plays were the difference in the game. They were. I mean, them down ten nothing, really being able to do nothing. And you know, I know he threw the interception early on in the football game, and that was a bad mistake. But he was under tremendous pressure in the first half of the football game. I mean, every time we were watching, it was like he was dropping back, and the 49ers were like, let's have a party at Justin Fields. I'll meet you there in a minute. And it was like, but those elements, for the most part, taking care of the ball, playing tough, and then just waited for his moment, Mm -hmm. and then gets out of the pocket and makes an unbelievable play, an unbelievable escape, throws the ball safely to Pettis, who gets payback on the 49ers a little bit, and the game was never the same after that. It really, the total momentum swing, and the Bears defense, I think, got a got a good feel for how the 49ers were attacking them, and the 49ers couldn't get much going on that side of the ball. Yeah, both those touchdowns for Justin Fields on third down. Third and nine with a scramble to right. Pettis, and then St. Brown, third and two. Third and two play was very impressive, and let me just say this, why I liked it so much. It was a, what we would, I, I want to go back and make sure. I believe it was like a Seattle beater, right? On that play, I'm pretty sure the 49ers are playing Seattle three. But he did a great job, and anybody that watch what he did, he really did a great job of kind of looking to his right and making the coverage go with a few underneath guys, knowing he had St. Brown coming over the top across from the left side. Hmm. So he kind of looked everybody off and then went, okay, I got them to move. Boom, put it in a nice spot and threw a very nice ball. And again, shows great control of the football, which I didn't see at Ohio State at all the time. Listen, I'm not the only guy that was going, oh, no, I don't know if he can control the throw ball consistently well all the time. This was a real concern for a lot of people, and it just it doesn't happen anymore. He seems to always control the ball really well. With about 10 minutes left, Trey Lance had a chance to bring the 49ers back. He was picked off by Eddie Jackson, who was just reading his eyes on a third, yes. third and five. Dur, real problem for him. Durbo Bachter. Yeah. 
Biobacter. I don't think you read that right. You need to practice that one. I'm, I'm disappointed you. Biobacter. Derbiobacter. <laughs> Derbiobacter? <laughs> Pete, what would you say? Derbiobacter. Der. That's a, that's a different one. I don't know that. Hey, Der. Tweet us back. Just be like, how do you say your name? Yeah. Or is that even your name? Biobacter. 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 Uh, he wants to know, Trey Lance will not make the leap this season. Oh, he doesn't want to know that. He's saying that. Uh, yeah. He says he will not make the jump this season. The 49ers are in a Super Bowl window now, cannot afford to lose games against teams like the Bears because they have a trainee at quarterback. Shanahan should react sooner rather than later. Do you agree? I, I do agree with him. Now, I'm not going to say – you said it right before we got in this game. Let's not overjudge it. It was a fucking monsoon, okay? And he's still young and raw. But to the point of Durr, okay, Durr's make some good points, and they are a Super Bowl football team. Look, you got you giggling now. <laughs> they are a Super Bowl football team. And I, you, to do justice to your organization, your fan base, and more importantly to your football team, the guys in the locker room, you've got to play the best players. And I think there's guys – you know, I've heard through the grapevine. There's there's guys in that locker room that go, Jimmy G's the best player. I mean, I, I I know he's proven it. Well, I mean, how I, would you how would you say differently? Right I know, now? and I'm not. I don't want to call people out here, but I I've, I've heard from people that I know around the NFL to go, yeah. There's some prominent people in the 49ers locker room that go, Jimmy Garoppolo is better. Okay, so that's that's a real thing on the offensive side. Well, maybe, but I'm not silly. Okay. okay, so but either way, yes, I think that the leash has to be short. You know, I don't think we can wait till game six and us be two and the 49ers be two and four and be like, now let's do it. It might have to be week three. I mean, again, if it doesn't look good against Seattle this week, and we know the 49ers are a more talented team than Seattle, yeah. and if it doesn't look good, you know, and they lose, ooh, I think there's going to be some serious thought. If it doesn't look good and they win, it might buy them another week, but I think this another is another week. I, I don't think it's going to be a lot. I don't because I think they're too good, and I think the concern is real, and I think they've told us that. And the fact that Jimmy G is back, and that they couldn't trade him, and the way Trey Lance looked in the preseason, I, I feel like they they realize this. And this is again, this is just me talking. I haven't talked to Kyle Shanahan about this for one second, um, but yeah, it, it's concerning. And the the, the the interception itself is a concern. This is he is a problem with this. He stares down receivers. He does all the time in the preseason. He gets away with it in the preseason because there's a lot of vanilla coverages and you know sometimes it's their first team playing the second and third teamers. Well, Eddie Jackson's like, no, I know where to go and I got a good feel and I got great instincts and I'm Eddie fucking Jackson and I make twelve million dollars a year, ten million dollars a year, and you know you're not going to just stare him down. And I'm coach told me to go to this spot. I'm going to kind of play the way I want to play it. Uh, so that was disappointing. You know, they left some points and some plays on the field early in the game to really control the football game. He m- misses, I-, I believe, Dwelly right on a wide open would have been a touchdown pass or maybe down to the you know inside the ten. Debo Samuel fumbled inside the red zone right yep. on the first drive of the football game as they drove down. So the 49ers had a chance to really put the Bears in an uncomfortable spot. And didn't do it. And as we see, when that happens in the NFL, you let a team hang around. Yeah, every team's got a guy that can go, oh, shit, he did some crazy shit. And the Bears got Justin Fields, and he did that and helped them win the football game. I threw it on Twitter because I'm still followed by a lot of 49ers. San Francisco yeah, 49er sure. fans. Right. I threw out a poll. I was like, Ooh. how many starts does Jimmy Garoppolo get this season? Right. And I went over under nine and a half. And what did we get? So it was overwhelmingly under nine and a half. It was 75% of the people thought that. 
And I just I was like, I don't see any way. Unless Trey Lance takes a huge leap here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, the, for the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, the part of the calculus for for making the trade and getting the rookie quarterback is that rookie contract because you got to you know get Nick Bosa and George Kittle extensions and, and Debo Samuel and you got to keep all those guys around. So long term, you got to have a rookie contract at quarterback. But for this year, you fit Jimmy G in. He took a pay cut. He's on the roster. I know. I know, and, and they have a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah. Same things that you said there. No, I, 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 I think there's a part of that fan base out there that's you know they want this to happen. They, they want, it want to, to work. make it happen, yes. and, and I understand that. There's a saying in the NFL about Trey Lance that a lot of people say. All right, and there's a few of my friends in in the in the league and whatever. Trey Lance is a year away from being a year away. They were saying that last year. Mm. You know, they, they'd seen you know, people who saw him in the preseason, saw him in training camp. That was good. he's a year away from being a year away, right? But the pressure of the situation, the optics of the situation, I think have put you know, pressure on Shanahan, the 49ers organization and all that. And here's my last thing I'll say about this. Because, again, I don't think the 49ers are going anywhere. And let me also say this. If you ask the elements and who it hurt yesterday, see, I, when the game started, I was like, oh, this might be good. It might, it might force the 49ers to kind of just run the ball and play safe, and now Trey Lance won't have to do too much. This would be a good thing. But as the game went on, I went, no, nah, I'm wrong about that. The 49ers are the more talented, explosive football team, and that was taken away from them in those elements. Mm. Debo Samuel, a few of those runs, I go, eh, that was a dry, fast track right there. He might split those two guys and score, right? There was a few plays like that, and they, they were hurt more by the elements than the Chicago Bears. Last thing, too, is Trey Lance still takes way too many hits. Way too many people get full-fledged every bit of him when he runs the football. Justin Fields, you don't see that happen with. I mean, Justin Fields has a great feel of getting down. Oh, I'm about to get crushed. Let me just, oh, I got out of the way, and he hit my shoulder just barely, and I said it was going down. Trey Lance gets, I mean, every time he carries the ball. And that, to me, goes back into the he's not a natural quarterback. He's still working through some of that stuff. And that concerns me, and that's one reason it's good they got Jimmy G there, too. 49ers hurt themselves with penalties, too. They had 12 for 99 yards. The Bears just had three, none after halftime. So you were upset and disappointed for your friend Kyle. Yeah, I was. But you were happy for yourself. I was. I like where we're going with this. <laughs> the Giants, another comeback. They're in the comeback here. For a while there, I was like, it's not going to happen. They're the Giants. I've been watching the Lions my whole life. Teams that know how to lose, know how to lose. The they get G, close, man. But they pulled it out. Me and somehow. Morgan yesterday, we were the only ones. And Pete, it was us three rooting for the Giants yesterday. Morgan was wearing an NBC sweatshirt uh-huh. the whole day. And as soon as the Giants won, she took it off and she had this Giants shirt on. And <laughs> I was like, well, she, she wanted to wait till we got the victory. Before, I guess yeah, it's very smart, very yeah. smart. Uh, <laughs> the Giants did get the victory, 21-20 over the Titans. Took into the last second. I mean, it, it still looked like the Titans were going to pull it out. 47-yard yeah. field goal from Bullock. Yep. Missed it. Uh, game over. The Giants came back. And it wasn't like they played a perfect game. Daniel Jones, an interception in the end zone. Um, yeah, let me like, what's your feeling on the Giants? Brian Dayball's first game. What a great way to start. I think the first thing is, if we got out of this game and you went, wait, there's a team that's going to rush for 238 yards. Tell me who that's going to be. And if somebody went, it was the Giants, I would have get the fuck out of here. You're smoking crack. You're crazy. The Giants rushing for 238 yards against the Tennessee Titans? That's insane. No way. So, you know, I, that was the shock of the day. And then Saquon Barkley with six rockets up his ass? That was fun to watch. Saquon Barkley's back, everybody. 
I mean, back. He's always been in the conversation for the most talented running back in football, and now that he's healthy, you see what he does there yesterday. Daniel Jones, I thought, played very good other than the interception where he had Saquon Barkley. He needs to throw it like two seconds earlier. He waited till he got in the end zone and the coverage got there. If you watch back the play, he got a little wheel route coming out of the backfield. If he just hits him at the four-yard line and stops him, he's going to score easily. So that was his one bad moment of the game, certainly. Uh, but I just thought the day ball effect was real in this, that first off, the O-line was better. There's no doubt about that. They didn't – they let – Let's get the ball out of Danny Dimes' hands quick, 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 quick. Okay, we got a little feel. Now let's take that shot to Sterling Shepard. The O-line's got to – they're getting in their groove a little. We're protecting a little better. You know, let's, let's, let's call that play that we knew was going to screw them over. Boom, little corner post up the field. Boom, big touchdown. You know, that – you saw a little creativity on the defensive side of the ball. The Giants certainly weren't overwhelmed by the run game of the Tennessee Titans. So there was a lot of positives there. Yeah, Tennessee probably, you know, had a little bad luck on their side in this football game, no doubt about it. But, you know, overall, it's the fact of the way the Giants looked physically, the way they were coached and, like, they approached the football game, I thought was all really, really impressive. It was awesome to see them get the victory. And then, of course, come on. I mean, day ball, you know, I want to say something inappropriate, but I won't. Why? This is this. That's All right, what you Bobby do. Big Nuts over there just going for two and the win on the road. Are you happy I said that? That might now? be one of the least inappropriate things <laughs> okay, that you said right. on this podcast. Bobby Big Balls, Brian Dayball, <laughs> just going for it, going screw it. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's just screw it. Let's go for it. And having a play that he has confidence in. And really very creative, Kansas City-like, right? You think it's, oh, here's the sprint out pass by the quarterback, and he throws it kind of behind him to Saquon, who makes a nice physical run. Yeah, it was that, that, to me, is like, you know, for young teams trying to find their way, we've talked about this with the Jets and other young teams, you, you got to find a way to steal a game early in the year to build some confidence a little bit. And that was that was big for them and their culture, right? As they say, uh, I don't think it's Tennessee. I still still think is going to be a major player, but it's just good to see the Giants kind of get off on a on a winning start for the first time in a long time. Yeah, that was fun to watch. And not only did they go for two, but Saquon's effort on that two point right. conversion, he was not going to be denied. He was not lowered like he, the shoulder, kept going. Looked like he almost got face mask too. I there. think he did get face mask. I thought I said so that too. in real time. I was like, hey, he got a face mask. And he got in, and he, he refused to take no for an answer, and it was, it was gritty. And you saw Brian Dayball after that interception that you mentioned, the one bad spot for Jones. He was over there, and they showed it on TV, on the broadcast. I mean, he was, he was giving it to him. He yeah. was not happy. No, no doubt and about so, it. I mean, but they obviously have that relationship early on here where he's not, he's not scared to go toe-to-toe with his starting quarterback That's and right. make some big bets Late in the game, yeah, I, I think you know. Again, it's 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 this is not you know like we always talk about. This isn't you know the Boy Scouts. It's sometimes you gotta get yelled at. Sometimes you gotta be like, "What the fuck are you doing there?" And that was a "What the fuck" moment by Daniel Jones, who, other than that, played really well. I know he got strip sacked at one point. That was not his fault. The left guard got beat by Jeffrey Simmons in like point two seconds, and he got hit and blindsided. But all in all, I thought it was a really good start. But the, the marquee moment and player of the game was Saquon Barkley. Yes. And the fact that he, on that one long run, which was, I think, what, 60, 65 yards, that really changed the football game. They were backed up. You were going, man, Tennessee's controlling this football game. He breaks that run. 
they get a touchdown, and all of a sudden, oh, it's a one-score game. Oh, okay, the Giants are hanging around. And all of a sudden, the Sterling Shepard bomb happens, and you go, oh, crap, Giants got something. A little bit like we just talked about with the 49ers and Bears. One team kind of controlled it, but didn't kind of stomp the team away. You let a team hang around in the NFL and watch out, and that's kind of what happened to them. It's one of those games, even if the Titans would have won, we would have been you would have talking about, about the, the Giants. We would have been talking about a yeah. lot of the same things there. I on, think so. I positive think so. for the Giants, maybe some worrisome signs for the Titans we'll dive into, I'm sure, as the week goes on. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Now it is time, the first time of the 2022 season, it is damn okay. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambolizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. <laughs> we are so, back. So embarrassing. We're back. <laughs> uh, we are back. It is damn okay. If you're new to the show, yep. welcome again. Welcome. Glad you're still sticking with us here. Um, and this is the part of the show where these are players that jumped out to you when you're watching the game. You're like, oh, damn, okay. Yeah. He has shown up. He right. is playing. He is ready to, ready to ball out. We've said that in the past with Juju Smith-Schuster when he was with Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Looked like he was an up-and-coming wide receiver, one of the stars. Star, right. Um, some injuries. Then yeah. Big Ben didn't, didn't play as well late in his career. But now he's with another star in Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs, I mean, everything they did worked. But Juju Smith-Schuster looks like he could be Patrick Mahomes' number one. But it looks like he might have uh, eight other guys who he throws to quite a bit, too. <laughs> well, that's the big thing. But damn okay to Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, people doubted him. And yeah, maybe he's not a bona fide number one superstar receiver, but a damn good player, first off. And him going to Kansas City, it's going to get him the contract he wants at the end of this football season. There's no doubt. Kansas City, the, the whole team, we could say damn okay. You've been hearing me say this for a few weeks. I got the same feeling as I do with them with the Buffalo Bills. They're on a mission. I believe Patrick Mahomes watched Thursday Night Football. He watches every sporting event. I mean, he's always tweeting at it. He's amazing that way. I, I, I know he watched, and he's going, I'm going to show that boy blue that I'm still the boss around here, that I'm the man in red is better than the boy blue. Yeah. Why is Chris calling him his boy? I yeah. thought I was his yeah, boy. Right, I know. Well, he's my homie. He's not my boy. He's my <laughs> homie. But, but the um, Juju Smith-Schuster is just a perfect fit for this offense. He really is. He gives them an over-the-middle presence and a little bit of a big guy presence on the outside if you want to throw a back shoulder or anything like that. But he's a good route runner, and he's tough over the middle. And I think when you couple that with, okay, wait, I got Kelsey working over the middle or underneath on this side and Juju working it underneath on this side. And then we got Valdez Scantling and McCole Hardman and some other guys that can stretch it, stretch it out deep. It gives them a lot of options. And I'm, I am one of those that you've heard me say, I don't know. You know, I think Tyreek Hill is the absolute shit and he is the man, but I just look at it and go, I think this is going to be the blessing in disguise for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't say that lightly, mm. when I, especially with Tyreek, who I've so long been like, oh, he's the best receiver in football, and you got to give him more respect. I think it is in a lot of ways like 
made Mahomes and the offense a little predictable at times. I do, and I, we'll see. But just from what I saw in the preseason, again, what I saw there yesterday is, you know, the, the issue was when Tyreek was there is you had a feel, oh, Tyreek's here, they might run this play. Oh, Tyreek's there, he usually runs this route, and they're going to do that. And, you know, I do think Mahomes tried to go out of his way to get him the ball at times, and now it's just, hey, I'm just going to run the offense. And the offense is just where, where the defense plays – the offense will take me to the to the right place to throw the football. And that's what we saw yesterday. And they were a machine from the get-go. Totally outclassed the Cardinals. I mean, 44 to 21 is like misleading to a degree. I agree. You know, it wasn't even that close. It was late bullcrap touchdowns by the Cardinals to even make it look like that. It was late in the game where um, I think I saw I was watching it was like uh, Next Gen Stats had the Cardinals. They were down 37 to 7. seven yeah. And they yeah. gave them a 1% chance to win. I was like, no yeah, way. I was like, there's no high. way they have a 1% <laughs> chance. There's no chance right. they win this game. Right. Um, no, I mean, he was, he was awesome. It's interesting about it's like this idea of gravity, right? It's like the Chiefs feel like they have to feed Tyreek Hill. And part of it is because if you lose a game or if you have a bad offensive performance and you didn't really feature Tyreek Hill, you look like a bonehead. The You're pressure's like, on. You right. lost. Why, yeah. how, could, how could you not throw to Tyreek exactly Hill? Exactly right. The whole week is dominated in the headlines to your point of, wait, we've got to get that guy the ball. How could they have done that without Tyreek Hill? And then it becomes all about that. And, of course, the defense knows that. They're reading the same press clippings, and they understand there's pressure on it. So I think it's a valid point by you, for sure. Dirty Monkey 4-4-3. we got great oh, names from awesome. our homies here. Uh, Mahomes going to set records again this year and was on fire yesterday. Is this the best team Mahomes has had since he has been starting? I, it's... I, I You know, it, that's a tough thing to say. Of course, I'm not going to say it's better than the team that won the Super Bowl. Right. Or even that team that you know was the number one seed the year before that, and they lost to the Patriots in the game that D, D Ford jumped off sides. But I think the potential is there. I do. I think it's that's what I love about they, they in the midst of going to Super Bowls and AFC Championship games have kind of like flipped over their roster in a lot of key areas. To where I go, yeah, it's special. I mean, the damn young corners they got are really good. The kid from Washington State, 35, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. He's a baller. Um, you know, we, we've talked about McDuffie, Carlaftis. They got big people in the middle. I like the linebackers, the safety. How about Bucker getting hurt and, and yeah. uh, Reed, Reed is kicking field, extra points and knocking it through, you know, the, the end zone and, and touchbacks. But uh, I think that... Yeah, th- this there's potential there at Dirty Monkey four four three. I don't want to go there yet, but I, I do think I look at it and go offensive line as you've heard me say a lot is special. The group of running backs, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was impressive in the game. First, it looked like he has put some effort into let me stop being so quick and breaking everybody's ankles and just a little bit more, a little more you know no nonsense north and south and go that way. And I think that's going to help them out. And then you talk about you know Jody Fordston and some other just under-the-radar contributors in the past game, too. I just look across the board, and yes, I just think the Chiefs are really well-built. I think Mahomes and Andy Reid are on a mission, and uh, yeah, there's, there's some real potential there at Dirty Monkey. On defense, you mentioned the young guys. Jalen Watson is the guy that you were thinking of. The oh, corner. yes, exactly right. Well, I mean, he's the, a damn good-looking guy, too. Seventh-round pick. Their first-round pick was George Karlaftis, had a quarterback hit, pass defensed. Um, so there's some young you guys on that You feel his presence defense. on the field, no doubt. Uh, a lot of positives there. The Cardinals were without J.J. Watt, but yep. even with him, I don't know. It might be might be some tough sledding for, for them. I, I, I don't – yes. I, I think 
they're definitely a team to watch for here. I, I, you know, you, you know, we went through our playoff thing, and, and I don't think any, either one of us were all we that impressed not. with their roster. No, when you had to break that down, that's why I didn't pick them. But I mean, they're a team that I would be like, all right, you got Kyler, you got some pieces here, I might get them to squeak in. But looking at their overall roster and the position groups, it's just like there's not many that are even average. No, O line's okay. We like James Conner, but after that, I think there's a drop off. You know, receivers, there we are. You know, Rondell Moore, here he can't play. Small guy, can't play. DeAndre out for a little while. You know, you got to just ride, what, Dorch and Marquise Hollywood-Brown? That, 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 to me, is not going to be like, oh, watch out, defenses. Yeah. You're, you're in trouble. And then, yeah, we talked about big people lost in the middle. You know, Jordan Hicks missed in the middle. J.J. Watt, calf pull. Uh, no disrespect to one of the greatest defensive players of all time, but I've seen that. that that's, that's an old man injury. That's, that's what happens to old men in the NFL. They start to pull their calf muscles. Hmm. That's what happened to me like two years ago, just running up a hill out of nowhere, and all of a sudden it pulls. Right? <laughs> it's, the, it's always the old guy on the team pulls the calf muscle, <laughs> yeah. almost every team I was yeah. ever on. Yeah. Almost every team. It's crazy. <laughs> and like you get towards the end of the training camp, and it's like, oh, guy that's oldest on the team just pulled his calf muscle. Shocker. Yeah. Right, it's it's one of those weird things. So yeah, there's At least some JJ concerns. did it playing football. You just did it running up a hill. I know, so maybe I know. you're a little it's, it's, older. Yeah, right, right. When that happens, well, I, I'm not trying softball, to compare myself to the physical softball. prowess. Yeah, yeah some concerning but signs for the Cardinals, are, but a lot, no everything good for the Chiefs here. Everything good for Khalil Mack, who's got a lot of former teams now. He's, you know, he can ball out against the Bears. Be like, ah, my former team. He did it against the Raiders. We're going to give the damn okay to the new Charger. Three sacks, a forced fumble, a second most sacks ever in a game. He did have five back with the Raiders in 2015. So they remember that game. They're like, oh, here's this guy again. We never should have traded him. The Chargers won a, a close game. Raiders kept it close. Give some credit to Derek Carr yep. trying to uh, get that relationship with Devontae Adams right away. But uh, the Chargers pulling out a close win, something that they haven't necessarily done in the past. No, definitely. And I think that's where you get into the, the pass rush tandem they have. That's where they're going to come in, come into play here. They're, they're closers. That's why you want those type of guys. That's, that's why you see, hey, the Raiders went out and got Chandler Jones, right, to be opposite of Max Crosby. The NFL, as we've talked about so much, is set up for the fourth quarter for the quarterback to take over right now. Well, how do you combat that? It's, it's Island corners are not going to really get it done. The co- co- coordinators, receivers are too talented to just think, oh, we got Deion Sanders over here and he can cover everybody. Okay, maybe Deion can, but that's like, you know, the greatest corner in the history of football. You know, so it's it's so. What's the next move? All right, we just got to get guys that can get after the quarterback. We got to have some depth and some fresh bodies and some studs who can get there. And that's the approach they're taking. And uh, they have a good look about their football team. Herbert is unbelievable. I mean, he's an absolute machine. And as you've heard me say before, he's the best pure in the pocket passer in the game. When the pocket is clean, and there is somebody open or barely open. Justin Herbert hits the bullseye every time, right? Now, he might not be the best of, oh, back, I'm on my back foot or I got to throw a sidearm or when I get outside the pocket, watch out here, right? He's dangerous. Don't get me wrong. I just don't put him in Mahomes or Josh Allen's class when it gets to that. Right. But when things are clean and he's got a little place to, to step into the ball, forget about it. He's going to hit the bullseye every freaking time, and that's how he started off the football game. I still worry about them not being able to run the football. I think that was a little bit of an issue there, too. That's why they were kind of controlling the game and you know, let the Raiders back in because they just can't stay on the field and couldn't, couldn't you know stress the Raiders' defense out that way. Um, 
But all in all, I, I do like the, the look of the Chargers. You know, losing Keenan Allen was big after what was that, the second drive of the game, maybe third drive of the game, yep. somewhere in there. Hamstring. Yeah, he hamstring. Was holding his hamstring at least. I know. Yeah, it was hamstring. I think they, they officially said that. As Concerning, but he spread it around to Justin Herbert after that. So maybe the same thing you're talking about with Tyreek Hill. I think he had two or more targets to nine different players. He did. Is that what I saw? Gerald here? Everett's yep. talented. DeAndre Carter's a two guy that's. Yeah, I mean, he's. Where was Mike Williams? I kept looking. He didn't for have. Him. Did not have a big day, you know. I, two yeah, catches. two catches, ten yards. Hmm. Yeah, it was. It was not one of those, you know, big play down the field type of days for the Chargers. It was more efficient. A lot of great ten and fifteen yard throws. The defense made some plays. Derek Carr, their offensive line, little little bit of an issue. He threw three interceptions. Two of them really. Well, only one of them cost cost them a little bit, I, I should say. The, I, well, the so, one at the end of the first half, I think that was a huge turning point. One minute left in the half. Was that the Drew Tranquil Drew one? Drew Tranquil that was, got it. And, no then, doubt. and then the Chargers still had to do some work, but 23-yard touchdown to yes. DeAndre Carter. That, that, was, that was the interception three. that was the, definite, the big one of the game. You're exactly right. I was just going there. He had the other one to Samuel where he underthrew Devontae Adams where – you know, again, yeah, they had a little momentum, and it seemed like they were, you know, about to drive and move the ball down the field. And he had him. He had him. They had the right play call. He just didn't throw it out there far enough. And Samuel did a good. Asante Samuel did a good job of going to get that one. But um, yeah, the Raiders, I still think are going to be dangerous. I do. You know, I don't know how. Like other than the pass rushers, I don't know how talented they are on the defensive side of the ball. I do question that, and I do worry about their offensive line a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't think it's that great of a group there, especially for what Josh McDaniels wants to do. So I could see, you know, a lot of games being like this for them this year. Carr puts up big numbers. Waller puts up good numbers. Adams puts up big numbers. But don't have you know three guys aren't going to win you games every week. You know, to me, there's just a, still a few players and, and some depth on their team that's missing as compared to the Chargers, at least. If you were worried about how Derek Carr would team up with his old friend from college, Devontae Adams, 17 targets, 10 catches, 141 yards. He was targeted on 46% of his passes. So I was looking at the air yards. He had 58% of the air yards in the game, yeah. intended air yards. Yeah. Um, third most in the NFL behind A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. Last year at 35% with uh, Aaron Rodgers, and we thought that was a lot. We thought uh, he looked for him almost every other play. Um, Tripod 2X says, I thought the Derek Carr-Devontae Adams connection was going to be overblown. I was wrong. Yeah. No, it, it, don't, don't get it mic- mic- like messed up here. N- no, like... Devontae Adams is made for Josh McDaniels' offense. He's made for it. McDaniels is a master in attacking defenses in the pass game, and he's a master in teaching the receivers how to run the route appropriately against the coverage, right? Hey, I know we all want to run a, you know, a 20-yard crossing about a certain way. McDaniels has ways of, wait, if it's man-to-man, I want it like this. If it's cover three, I want it like this. If it's cover two. And these little nuances – or when I got with him, I was like, damn, guys open every time when we do it that way in this coverage. Like every time. And, and other offenses I was in the, in the past, I would go, well, that's, he's, he'll never be open. That's just not going to work. Oh, wait, you told him to you know, straight stem it up the field and push inside a little bit more, and now it's wide open every time. McDaniels is a master at that stuff. And then Adams, of course, is a master at running the routes, and he's coachable. So he listens and goes, damn, okay, that makes sense. I'll do that. And then, I mean – 
I mean, it's not a mistake. Wes Welker caught 97,000 balls, and Julian Edelman caught 97,000 balls in New England with Josh McDaniels. And then you couple that with the Gronk thing, which is now Darren Waller. Like, he's going to play mind games of defenses. Oh, here's Devontae Adams underneath running some intricate route. Oh, you, you doubled him and squoze on him, squeezed on him, whatever. Yeah. Oh, there's Darren Waller down the middle. Wide. I mean, he, he's going to play games with people that way, and we saw a little bit of that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Pete confirms it is squoze. Squoze. Is the proper way to Squosing. say it. Uh, yeah, and Hunter Renfro didn't even feature really in this game. Three catches, 21 yards. You figure he'll have some games have where it. he will be like some of those guys that you mentioned. You, you make them defend something, right? Ride it. You ride Devontae Adams until now the next week you go, okay, they're fucking doubling him every play. Now this is where Hunter Renfro comes into play. But don't just call plays for Hunter Renfro because, well, we got to get Hunter the ball. You go with your studs until somebody takes it away. And that's what sure. I love about Josh. Josh is going to be like, oh, wait, he had 44 catches in this game? So what? You didn't stop him. So what? I saw him do that one year with Brandon Marshall when on the Broncos. Brandon Marshall had 22 receptions in a game when we played the Colts one year. In, in, in uh, 2009 when I was there, he had 22 receptions in a game and dropped like two or three more. That's crazy. Yeah, but it was, they were, he, he was just like, well, they're, they're not going to defend him. He's our best player. They're not going to do anything special. I'm going to start keep calling these plays. And he'll do that until you take it away. J.C. Jackson did not play for the Chargers in this one, too, and their They'll defense still week. looked good. Yeah. So, um, so that, was, that was an impressive win for the Chargers over their division rival, and the Vikings also got a win over their division rival, the Packers, 23-7, dominating performance. We got a damn okay. Yeah. Skull Freak wants to nominate Zadarius Smith. He goes, he got after Rodgers on a consistent basis. How about that play where he easily got past the guard, oh, smashed A.J. Smashed Dillon to the back. ground, got to Rodgers. <laughs> the dude was on a mission. He was. He, he's a physical presence, and if he can play like that, yeah, the, the, the Vikings defense, or at least my thought of them, will, will change. Now, there was two tackles missing for the Packers. Let's not forget about yeah, that. Bakhtiari was out. Jenkins, right. were, were, they were both out. Right. So that, 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 that's not you know, easy, especially in Minnesota. Young receivers, we know all of that. But had the defense, other than, other than the first play of the game, right, or the first drive of the game when Watson dropped the bomb touchdown, mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing very many people open. I don't remember seeing... You know, Aaron Rodgers sitting back there going, oh, let me pat the ball and move and pat the ball and move and, oh, I'll throw a laser somewhere. He didn't have time to do that. So that was impressive. That really was. It was a great defensive game plan, it looked like, by Ed Donatello. So kudos to him. Uh, And then, I mean, what I really want to say, and I want to even go, like, harsher than damn okay. I want to go, like, damn, what the fuck were you thinking, Green Bay? Like, how many plays did Justin Jefferson get the ball and you went, there's not a Packer in the screen? Like, where's the defense for, you know, one of the three best receivers in football? Where, where is it? I, that, to me, was shocking in the game. So they played zone much of the first half. I guess late in the game. They tried to change it, they right? They tried to go man-to-man. And they put Jair on him a little bit. They asked Jair about it after the game, too. I, I saw it happening. And right. he said, what he, he goes, I don't make the game plan, basically. He said, yeah. you know you know me, I would have loved to have been man up with him, but right. that just wasn't the game plan. Yeah. I, there's got to be some different you know, way to attack them the next time you play them. You, you just can't let – you know, the one thing is – Hey, it, it, like we've talked about, these new coaches have a little bit of an advantage in the first game because it's like, well, I don't know exactly how he's going to call the game or what he's going to do. So there's no tendencies to look at. But the one thing we saw, just like we saw Cooper Cup with the Rams, 
is O'Connell moving Justin Jefferson all game long, motions everywhere. He was going across the field, getting stacked bunch, getting behind another guy, you know, with a, a switch release. So they're going to feed him the ball, just like we talked about with Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels. It's the same thing. They're going to go, what? we're, we're going to throw it to him 190 times a game until you t- take it away. I mean, that's just what they're going to do. But that was a big, impressive win there. Um, and the Vikings, you know, I, I worry about their, their defense or their, their corners a little bit, but if their front can play that way, uh, maybe I won't worry about it so much. And Kevin O'Connell yeah. was hugging, was smiling. I was like, man, that's probably a different feeling, a vibe inside that building from Mike Zimmer. It's like I don't think I ever saw Mike Zimmer smile, I, ever. It's probably the number one thing you hear out of Minnesota is the building. Zimmer, you know, that Parcells school of coaching, it's like we're not really working unless we're all miserable, right? <laughs> Is yeah. like, I, you know, a little bit of that old school thought that way. Yeah. And I don't know if it's necessarily needed all the time in this day and age in the NFL. Not even Bill Belichick is quite like that anymore. I mean, not. He's not. You, know, you got to adjust to the times a little bit. And the one thing you do here is it's a breath of fresh air up there. Yeah, I've heard it from too many people that I know know that building and all that. And he's added a, a new life to the building where it's fun to go to work. You know, he he I think has the right touch of, you know, hey, being able to motherfuck you and telling you you're doing wrong. But going, hey, look, look what you're doing right. And if you keep doing this, this is what can happen. Look at Cooper Cup tape and look at all this. So he's got a great way of that and motivating guys too. Um, but that was a, a great start by, by them. And, and, of course, Kirk Cousins played really damn good too. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, one person on this podcast has the Vikings as a playoff team. I know. I'm just saying. saying. Man, after week one, I know it's week one. Yeah. And I had a hard time finding that seventh team for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I picked the Cowboys as that team, and yeah. I think your Minnesota one, they, they certainly looked more well-rounded than the Cowboys. We'll get to the Cowboys, unfortunately, yeah. for Cowboy fans out there. Real quickly, yeah. we don't always do this, yeah. but we're going to make an exception. What? We're going to talk about the Thursday game. Oh, good. I like because, it. Uh, because it was too big, not to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Bills beat the Rams way back in the day. Seems like forever ago. 31-10 to 10 was the final score. Our damn okay goes to Von Miller in that one. Two sacks, three tackles for a loss. Um, it, that defensive line. Might have been one of the main questions for you. Yes, of the Bills. Right. It's like you you thought they got everything. Is that defensive line going to be good enough to pressure the quarterback, stop the run? And they looked awesome. They looked awesome. There's the the big thing I thought was different about them this year, and in the preseason, and we talked about it, and um, you know, it was my big thing in the pregame was that I think that this this Rams O line that I think is going to be a little less than it was. And I think this Bills D-line that's got yeah not only Von Miller, but Ed Oliver's hitting his stride as a big-time defensive tackle. They got size. They got incredible depth. They're nine deep. So it's like, oh, wait, you're tired. Don't, don't play three extra snaps. Get off the field. We got other good guys. We got Shaq Lawson coming in. Yeah. We got all kinds. Carlos Boogie Basham. We got plenty of guys to come in here and, and be fresh bodies. I think it's going to be a big difference for their football team. And their corner position, you worry about them a little bit because they're young. But 
they're not a team that puts them in man-to-man and stresses them a whole lot. And a Kyrie Elam, hopefully he comes along. He didn't even start over the rookie from Villanova. Right. And then, you know, we'll get Tredavious White back. Okay, that side of the ball, you look at it and go, they should be damn good. Like, I already think they're going to be better than last year's defense, which was number one, and you know I don't think it was really number one. And then you get into the offense and the guy who – with Mahomes are, to me, clearly the two best quarterbacks in football. I'd like to say that one more time. I think they are clearly. Justin Herbert is nipping at their heels, and there's no doubt. Burrow, we know. Rodgers, yeah, they're all good. They cannot do what Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes do. They cannot. And Josh Allen is a freak of nature. He is a freak of nature, just like Mahomes is in his own right. But his ability to run the ball and some of the physicality element he brings to the game is really rare at quarterback, let alone we know the arm and everything is really damn special too. He didn't win the Super Bowl last year, though. That was Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Who there was the talk of all offseason was his arm, his elbow. He's got right. an injury that pitchers have. I'm yeah. Like, well, that's not good. I know. When I pitchers know. have an elbow injury, it's really bad. Right. They miss a whole year. Yes. Um, did his throwing look different to you? It didn't look different. It didn't. A couple times it looked like maybe he was going more over the top, but he has been known to his arms he goes all over the place. Be. It, yeah. Exactly right. It's hard. It's hard. Now you know he threw the one interception trying to do a no look pass, and he can he ate that shit right. That was that was he tried to no look it. Um, but you know, I got to think, you know, there, there was just a few throws, I think in the game where I went like the, the interception he threw out into the right flat where he threw, I think it was his first interception in the game. And excuse me, it's been a few days. So I can't remember all the, this is why we don't do Thursday. Hey, no, we got to, this is, this game was too good, <laughs> but the one he threw out in the right flat. Um, and I think that was Jackson who caught it, you know, little like five yard out route. He was throwing to Higby and he threw it like four feet behind him. And it was an easy interception. Uh, there's just. What I wonder is when your elbow is bothering you like that, are you going – because I've had this. I've had the elbow bother me, maybe not to this extent, where you're about to throw it and you go, hmm, it kind of hurts when I throw it like that. Let me just maybe drop my arm or do it just a little differently because I know it feels a little bit better in that slot. And that's what I do wonder. you know. And I watched him in pregame. It's still bothering him. He can, they can say whatever they want. He throws a ball, and he, he does like a little fidget with his arm, and I can see him like flexing his elbow. You know, uh, Even pregame before, and he wasn't even throwing, and he was talking to people. You know me. I watch people and watch their bodies and all that stuff. I like to do that. He was talking to Terry Bradshaw and straightening his arm and kind of doing it and fidgety like – you know, those are things that, to me that, you know, as an ex-quarterback and thrower, where go, it's, it's annoying him a little bit, even though he still might be able to play at a pretty high level. All right, something to watch, certainly. I mean, what are they? What, what is any team without their starting quarterback and a good starting quarterback? But the Rams, who uh, defensively did not look good in this no, game against the no. Bills, who are going to do that to, to some other teams Rams out there. Rams are going to fall off, in my opinion. They're, they're going to be good, but yeah. they're not going to be I – I have no, like, I don't look at the Rams and go, oh, there's a chance they could go back to the Super Bowl. I don't yeah. see that. I don't. A lot of people think the Eagles could get to the Super Bowl. Mm, yeah, I think. Uh, and we're, we're their performance of, of beating one of the best franchises ever in sports, the Detroit <laughs> Lions, yesterday only goes to prove that. Uh, the Eagles win only by three. <laughs> I didn't get to see. I was watching the game on Red Zone, you know, living here in, in Connecticut. I, I don't get I could get direct TV. Yeah, you need to. I, mean, I like do, to follow you have all the games. TV? I don't because oh, okay. I still, just for what I do here with yeah, you, it's like right. I like to follow all the games at the same time. That's the best way to do it. Right. Um, Eagles won by three. 
38-35. Damn, okay, he's got to go to the newest member of that receiving core. Yes. A.J. Brown, they featured him. They uh, targeted him, did Jalen Hurts. Ten catches, 155 yards. He was targeted on 41% of Jalen Hurts' passes. Now, going against the, four, uh, the Lions, who's... Secondary has been not very good for a long time here. Uh, a caveat there, but um, he looked very comfortable with Jalen Hurts in this game. Very comfortable. It's just, I think, a look into the bind they're going to be able to put you in as a, on a fo- as a football team. You know, again, we all we talk about is A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, which we should. They were amazing. But then when you look at it and you go, they ran for over 200 yards too. That, that, and that's what they're going to be. I, I, you know... I, we're, I think they're both the same here. We both look at Philadelphia and go, whoa, there's a lot to like about their football team. They're big dudes. They're big are dudes, good. right? They really are. Now, um, the, the thing I want to go back and watch a little bit is just I know the defense led up the big run to DeAndre Swift early on in the football game. I, I, I'd like to, you know, some of the comeback I don't have a great feel for. I, you know, and, and two, it seemed like to me as I was watching it just a little that – you know, this happens in the NFL. We saw this happen in week one last year with the 49ers and the Lions where, you know, team starts, we got a big lead, let's protect it, let's play safe. You take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit and all of a sudden it's hard to reaccelerate and put it back together there. And their defense just slowly but surely was, you know, just getting wear, worn down on some, you know, long kind of ugliest drives by uh, the Detroit Lions. It's, yeah. it's like hard. As I was watching the end of the game, I kept going like to some of the guys in the room, like, was there a big play I missed? And they were like, no, they're just kind of, you know, five-yard throw here, four-yard yeah. run here, eight-yard throw here, another five-yard run. And DeAndre Swift was very good. He, I mean, he they is were talented. Run, yes. the, run the ball really well. And even yeah. Jamal Williams had a, had a touchdown or a couple touchdowns yeah, in the game. Yeah, had a really impressive strong run on uh, the score one for sure. Which that's – I mean, if, if you're a Lions fan yeah. out there – uh, good news is that that offensive line is supposed to be awesome. Could it be one awesome. of the best in the NFL. Yeah, and then you got two good running backs behind it. I mean, they should if they can run like this against the Eagles, they should be able to run against anyone. No doubt, you're right. The Eagles with that defensive line, I was I was surprised to see that. I was, and then this is one where if there's a thing that we need to watch for from the Eagles, and you and I talked about this a little bit last year, you know, little too vanilla at times, little too. Oh, we're just going to rush forward. Remember, we even said this in the playoff game. Like, you can't just think you're going to rush forward and, right. like, okay, and play bland coverages and Tom Brady's not going to pick you apart. And so, with, remember Justin Herbert, they went into Philly. He was, like, 26 of 28. They played Derek Carr, and he was, like, 28 of 31. To me, you know, I understand when you got good players, you go, oh, we just want to play good, sound defense. But I don't think they're, they're like – it's that freaky. This is not Seattle of 2013 where I go, oh, they can just play the same defense and they'll dominate. No. They, they, to me, uh, that's the, the sense I got, and that's a game I'm definitely going to go back and watch the film to get a little bit of a feel of there. But I hope they don't get too simple on that end sure. uh, because they've they got to force some plays with some of those playmakers and put them in some positions to do that. One of our homies that comments in all the time, Adam Blackall, said, I'm strapped in for a three-hour pod after all these bonker games. Sorry, Ahmed. Liga will just have to wait. Man, he really does listen. <laughs> he does listen. No Liga today. No so we, Liga we can go today. We're Kristen, going as long as we want. Be here for five hours. He goes, yep. uh, he goes. We only oh. have seven more damn okays to do. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, uh, Adam gave a damn okay to Jalen Hurts, who did look good in this one. Oh, de- he did. Well, let's just say that real sure. quick. Uh, just because Jalen Hurts... You've hated him for a long time. I know. I've hated him forever, right? <laughs> he's he's got a he's he's again, even when they came back, he just he doesn't flinch. 
You know, his ability to run is a real force. And as we saw yesterday, again, the throwing is better, and his deep ball throwing is the best thing he does. He can throw the ball high up in the air and far down the field. And I know you go, well, well what quarterback doesn't? Not all quarterbacks throw their deep ball high up in the air. To me, that is a big mistake. The great quarterbacks throw it high in the air because they know the receiver can adjust properly and the DB can't. And you saw that with A.J. Brown yesterday, so I do want to give him some credit, no doubt. One of the top wide receivers in the game when healthy. You can say the same thing about Tyreek Hill. New team with the Miami Dolphins pairing up with uh, another quarterback that you hate to his core, Tua. (laughs) You're such a dick. (laughs) If if you are listening for the first time, they're like, is he serious? Does Does he really really hate hate those guys? Um, Some fans would say yes. Uh, Tyreek Hill, though, you've always loved him. A couple years ago, you said he was the best wide receiver in football. He's added... Uh, a new dimension to this Dolphins offense with a new head coach and Mike McDaniel. And they, they featured him. It was kind of a theme of some of these games. You get a new toy, use him a lot in week number one. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 94 yards. Wasn't really used deep a whole lot, but uh, he gets the damn okay for the Dolphins as they beat the pa- uh, Patriots 20-7. to Yeah, they, um, you know, they're dangerous. And... Tua doesn't have to be a superstar. If Tua just plays the way he did yesterday in that football game, they're going to be fine and dandy all year long. They didn't even run the ball that well. And again, I think that's a pretty big stout front by the Patriots. So that's not, I don't think, don't, don't read too deep into that Miami fans. And I don't think a lot, I think they're going to give a lot of teams issues, uh, you know, running the football, but, but at the same time, I think it's the movement, the look of the offense, and an offense that just fits Tua. And then let alone when you talk about some of the talent that's around him, it's just the perfect match there. And then you get on the defensive side of the ball and go, oh my gosh, it's, there's freaks everywhere on that side of the ball as well. You know, they just are a team that has an incredible look. And, you know, um, really, uh, the Patriots, first drive of the game, right? You're going, okay, hey, well, here, they got a good, you know, first first drive plan here, first 10, first 12 plays. Xavier Howard makes a great play to tip the ball in the air. They get the interception. And really, I felt like they never really relinquished control of the game from that point on. I know it got close, and we went, oh, making the Patriots do it, but it didn't yeah, really. Not really. No, right? I mean, you know, we got to the 10 nothing mark, and when they got to that no-man's land on 4th and 7 from, what, the 41-yard line or so, and he hit Jalen Waddle on the 4th and 7 touchdown, I yep. was like, oh, the game's over. It's, they're, they're not going to that offense is not going to come back against this defense and beat the Miami Dolphins, and uh, of course they didn't. And that they, was an awesome call. That I was an awesome that call because no it was it was third and long, and the Patriots did not call timeout because you thought maybe oh maybe they'll want to call timeout to preserve some time to go down and score. Uh, they don't have that kind of faith in their offense, and clearly Mike McDaniel does with that long touchdown to Jalen Waddle. And I think that's the thing for the Patriots. And there's going to be a lot of talk about. See, this is what? What were they doing? Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. And I think that's fair, right? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of times we give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt just because of all he's accomplished here. Yeah. But but it, it seems weird. But It is weird. It wasn't like – I mean, the, you look at what they have. They don't. This is not a big play offense, even with Josh McDaniel. Right? They wouldn't be a no, big play offense. No, they would not. And that's where Josh was special because he could go, wait, I, we, I'll find ways to pick them apart seven, eight, ten yards at a time and do that. You know, again, this is where – I got to see it to believe it still with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I think they're really great coaches. You know that. It doesn't mean I think they're going to be awesome offensive coordinators for the first year ever doing it. This is weird. It is. I don't know why Bill Belichick did this. I don't. You know, I've thought about this a lot lately. 
We're just going like, why? Why would you do this? Why would you not get a real offensive mind in there? And to me, you know, I don't even mean to go down this route, but I'm just going to throw some of the things that have gone through my head lately here in this situation. It's the end of the road. That's why. That's where I come to. Bill's down in the last year or two of his career. He didn't want to deal with a new offensive coordinator and trying to program him to the New England way of life. So when I got two guys here that I'll just teach them to be offensive coordinators. They know my way of life and how things work here, and let's do that. And I, I did. That's what's come to my mind. Hmm. Or he's setting it up and he didn't want some offensive mastermind to come in and be the next head coach because maybe he wants to keep it for his son or somebody else on the staff. I don't know. Those are the two things that come to my mind of why Bill Belichick wouldn't hire an offensive coordinator. When you have Mac Jones, who you just drafted in the top 15 of the draft, and you've got a career special teams coach and a career defensive, defensive coach coaching him. I, I don't know. So, yeah, to your point, though, that, that is real. They're not a big play offense. They've got to be efficient, not turn the ball over. They can't miss a, 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 a blitz off the left side and the left tackle not go out there to get it. That was not Mac Jones' fault on the strip sack fumble. It was not. That was Trent Brown. I watched it closely. You know, th- th- that was a, a mental mistake by him to where he should have gone out. They do things like that. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to win the game. They're going to have to play clean football. Uh, Mac Jones hurt at the end of the game, didn't talk to the media, back injury, but I think there have been some reports that say he's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Something to watch there. Fat Boy MFC says, cannot wait for Chris to watch the Tua film. Yeah. Dolphins were up despite Tua, not because of him. Oh, he's not a member of Tua Nod. Uh-oh, he wants you to hammer more Tua. Well, it, you know, oh, hey, boy. Tua, it's it's oh, it's... Boy. You know, I, I again. I have seen that elsewhere, though. That Tua wasn't necessarily super, super sharp. Well, he he definitely. I mean, Tua. I don't know how anybody can watch the game and go, "Oh my gosh," when he has to put all his effort to throw a ten-yard throw, and you're like, "Oh my gosh," he tried to throw that as hard as he could, and it 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 barely got there. I, I don't know how you don't like look at that, but I don't know if it'll matter. Just like we've talked about with the 49ers and Jimmy G over there. They run the ball. they got a lot of people going different ways. And they'll find ways to, whoa, here's a guy wide open eight yards over the middle. That's where, that's where it's, it's promising for the Miami Dolphins in the sense that we know they won 10 games the last two years. They kept the same defensive guys on that side of the ball, except they don't have Brian Flores, which is, is not an easy guy to replace. But, but Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator, I worked with him in New England. He's the real deal. And now... We talk about those teams they had the last two years, but now they have, a, they have good offensive coaching. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the difference. The last two years, we've always questioned the offense a little bit. Eh, the game plans, eh, eh. there's nothing to question about that side of the ball now. And they can get it done with Tua and what he does there. Um, but, yeah, all, all in all, I thought it was a solid day. It's, it was a solid day, and they played the right way for what Tua is and what he will be. Our last damn okay goes to really us when we saw the schedule. We go, hey, our first Sunday night game is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington. Damn, okay, NBC. Uh, on paper, we got the best game of the day. In reality, maybe we got the worst game of the day. We did. That really was not, was not, a, not a good game for either team. Right. Uh, Chris Collinsworth's voice didn't even show up. I'm like, I'm not coming to this game. This game sucks. Uh, so, but the, the, the Buccaneers did win, 19 to three. What was he doing? Was he? He must have been hanging out with Jack and Cali. They must have been at the Mar- the Weed Bar or something exactly. like that. You don't do that. Good stuff. I a, don't know. A week where you have two games, a Thursday and a Sunday. Chris knows better than that. Uh, we're gonna give the damn okay though to Julio Jones, 
who looked back and fast again. The next-gen stats back that up as well. He's one of the fastest players, uh, ball carriers of this past week. And uh, Shaq Mason, we give it to on that offensive line. Yes. Luke Godeke? Godeke? Godeke. I think it's Godeke. I think yeah. it's Sounds like yes, that's the way Tariko said it last night. Okay, Godecki. I had been saying Gadecki. Okay. And it's not that. I know that. It should be Gadecki, right? It seems like it. Godecki seems like you're messing it up. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to talk to him about that. Robert Hainsey also, uh, first yeah, career starts. They rushed for 152 yards. I mean, we could have given it to Leonard Fournette. Uh, although it wasn't a great, uh, they they had a lot of red zone failures. They got to the red zone quite a bit. It, they they dominated this game. The dominated Buccaneers. after the first drive of the game. I mean, did you the Cowboys? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm wor- I worry about the Cowboys. You know, we, we've talked about this last year where I don't think the offense is all that good. And if they can't run it, it really doesn't look good. How many times did we break down plays and stuff where I went, look, here's, here's a simple play, here's a simple play, the defense is all over it. Their pass game lacks imagination, in my opinion. And then when they can't run the ball, it gets exposed like you saw last night. And, again, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball all that special this year. I don't. I, don't, I think their offensive line is overrated, in my opinion. I've been saying that for two years. Zeke Elliott, he's you know solid. He's good. That's it. Pollard, you know, he's a good change of pace, got some explosive ability, but needs like holes. He's not a guy that's going to run people over and then run somebody else over and get 10-yard gains. That's not what he is. So they were outclassed last night. I mean, Brady and and company were not even efficient on third downs. How many drives did they just move the ball down the field and kind of stalled out on a third and two, a third and four, right? Every one of the first half. Right. Deep into Dallas territory. territory, Field goal, missed field goal. Missed a third one one run, you know, missed a slant route on third and four. Like, it just, I mean, they could have easily won this game 35 to three. I mean, really could have. There was never a doubt. But I think we saw a little bit of the Todd Bowles effect here. And this is where I'm, I'm. the Bucks, you know, even though we question that interior part of the old line and the new guys, Godeke looks the part. He looks good. Not going to say I'm like, oh, he's going all pro here, but he looked good. He's physically not overwhelmed. Hainsey, I know him from the days of Notre Dame. He's a good player and smart, and Shaq Mason's a road grader. And I think where you saw the Todd Bowles effect is he goes, well, we've got a great defense here, and let's not be pass happy and just like, oh, we got to throw for 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns just because we have Tom Brady. You know, I think there's going to be a physical element to them this year. Fournette's impressive. I like Fournette big. I do. You know, he's not going to get faster at this age, so just get bigger and more powerful, hmm. right? And, you know, I think that – and I mean, the play we saw all night long, Ahmed, and you, you know this, just watching it is, you know – it's the left side. Collinsworth even talked about it. It was blocked down, blocked down. Shaq Mason pull, kicks somebody out, boom, and there's a lane, and Leonard Fournette's running through it. They just demolished this smaller Cowboy defensive line. And other than Micah Parsons, I go, you know, who's really a playmaker on that D-line? Dexter Lawrence is, is good. Not Dexter Lawrence. Uh, 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 Lamar- Demarcus. Demarcus Lawrence, sorry. He's g- good, but I don't think he's a superstar anymore. So, yeah, I got questions about them on that side of the ball. And then, of course, you've heard my questions on offense. Who scares you on offense? Nobody. I don't care. CeeDee Lamb is good. He's not scaring people. People aren't going, oh, my gosh, CeeDee Lamb's going to go for 80 yards over our head every play if we don't watch him. He can't go by anybody that way. He's a great middle-of-the-field route runner type guy. He's not going to scare anybody. And that's where I worry about them. And then with Dak's injury, I go, "Uh uh-oh, there could be real trouble here in Dallas. He could be out a little bit. Dak He's going to be out for a lot of it. Five and seven 
without him the past couple of years. Yeah, and the, and the Bucks could be a little bit different offense. Bruce Arians no longer there. He's got the Hawaiian shirt up in the booth, so right. they go from what? No risk it, no, no biscuit, biscuit, to just too. no risk it. No risk it, and let's just fuck that's him it. up and run it at him. I mean, <laughs> that's where – and I think that's the effect you'll see a little bit where, you know, back in – no risk it, no biscuit. You got Bruce Arians, Leftwich, and Brady where they're going, hey, it's third and, you know, it's it's second and four. Let's throw it. Let's throw it. Who cares? You know, now Bowles is going to be like, hey, pull the guard again. We're, we're smashing their face. Run it again. And I think he'll get involved in that a little bit. And I think it's going to be better for Brady. You know, they're not as talented as a receiver. Julio looked good. Don't get me wrong. He did I know good. Mike Evans is a stud. Yep. Godwin you know, got hurt. Right. Godwin hamstring. got hurt. And that could be a problem here for a little while. And, and I think Rodney Harrison made the right point. I don't understand why they rushed him back so quickly. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, if they don't have Chris Godwin against the Cowboys, they can't win. I don't know. I, don't, I never understood that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I think you know they're they're getting their footing underneath them too with some new no Gronk, no Antonio Brown. You know they got some new parts there at wide receiver that you know with Russell Gage and uh, uh, I'm missing one other guy there. But either way, it's it's a good win by the the Bucks, and you saw that they're clearly one of the more talented, physically gifted better-looking teams in all of football. They did not need a comeback. They were up for uh, basically this whole, whole entire game. There were some teams, though, that did need the comeback, and one of those teams was the New Orleans Saints. The media's most wanted wants to give a damn okay to Jameis Winston because he had the largest comeback victory in Saints history. All he had to do was play the Atlanta Falcons. But isn't that crazy? It happens all the time. 26-10 like, to 10 with 12 minutes left. Well, like, isn't that crazy, though? Like When I heard that stat, I was like, that, that can't oh, be real. That I the heard Saints that have yesterday. never had a comeback yeah, maybe they're always up. Well, you just think of it like Drew Brees. You just go, they had to be down by more than 16 before to Drew come back. Drew wouldn't let that happen. Well, maybe, you're, maybe you're right. You're exactly <laughs> right. Maybe that's it. You're right. They just, but it's just funny. That is crazy, yeah. You know, I don't care. I mean, just Brady, Peyton Manning, as great as they are, they were down by more than 16 in some games and, and had some comebacks. Great comeback win by the Saints. Winning by a point. Will Lutz is back 27-26 uh, over the Falcons. I think, Kristen, do we have the numbers for Jameis Winston in the fourth quarter? Yeah, so er, first three quarters wasn't great. 10 of 18, 56 yards, fourth quarter, 13 of 16, 213, and two touchdowns. So the the Falcons collapsed, but Jameis had a whole lot to do with that. Yeah, Jameis, I think, is um, like learning how to play football in the NFL. I was I was really really proud of Jameis yesterday. This is a game, another game I want to go back and watch the film with a little bit. Is just because it didn't look like there was anything. Early in the game, first three quarters, really. I mean, I know the stats show that, but man, it just seemed like, hey, he's a guy that's not afraid to pull the trigger into some tight windows. And you know, I'd see replays and go, man, it doesn't yeah. look like anybody's open. Dean Pease and them had a good game plan. He led the NFL in throwing into tight windows, thirty-two percent of the time, I think it was. So that was number one in the NFL. Yep. So there, there was like there, and I, I kept looking, and then you know, he was under pressure. I mean, Atlanta really had a good game plan and stressed him out. He hung in there. He, I'm not going to mess this up, and you know we're not going to be down by 20. And he kind of just hung around, hung around, and they caught fire late in the football game. And I think they just, you know, what, what I what I took it as is they played a little bit matchup ball, a little bit. It looked like in the in the you know 
second half a little, where they just said, stop worrying about you know our scheme plays and trying to figure it out with some of these Dean P's exotic coverages and stuff. Let's just go, wait, we got one-on-one over here. Let's throw it to Jarvis Landry. We got one-on-one on Michael Thomas. Let's just throw it to him. We don't need the play to always make it happen. That's what it seemed like happened to me a little bit. And then the defense just hung in there. They made some plays. Um, you know, the Falcons seemed like they had some chances to really kind of put – the, the Saints in a worse spot than down 26 to 10. And the Saints, what worries me is there's a real, they have a real issue with quarterbacks that can run. They can't beat Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. And here they, uh, yesterday, it looked like they brought out some of those plays with Mariota and Cordell Patterson. And I couldn't get over how they just kept running the ball down the throat of the New Orleans Saints. That was a real issue for them all game long. Yeah, Cordell Patterson, 120 yards. You got. Mariota, who looked pretty good for he most did. of this game. Yeah. So Hawkstrologer wants to know if you're ready to self-scout yourself on the Falcons. They came out looking better than expected despite the loss. Yeah, I, well, I love the way the Falcons are, are like coached. And I, I hope I've made that clear a little through the preseason. Like Arthur Smith, every preseason game I've watched, I go, oh, I like what they're doing there. You know, they're physical, they're tough. He knows how to manage the football game the right way. And maybe they're a little more talented than I gave him credit for. We'll see. Offensively, you know, I think that was interesting. Yes. Def- are they going to be able to stop teams? I, that would right? be the big thing, too. You're exactly right. We're, we're going to see what that looks like. Dean Pease, you know, if he's on his game, is, is a really creative defense of mine. Uh, but the way Drake London looked, I mean, you got to be encouraged by that. Cordero was special that way. They're going to be able to put you in a bind with this run game. I, I do think that for sure. You know, but I still do question, yeah, is there enough there to get them over the edge? I wouldn't be shocked if we saw them lose a lot of close games this year, a little bit like we saw them last year, you know, where they just lost, they lose some heartbreakers because there's just not quite enough good yeah. players on both sides of the ball. Um, but yeah. all in all, that was a gutsy win by the Saints, and I just want to make sure I don't miss, miss anything else. Um, you know, but yeah, I think that was, that was about it. Yeah. yeah, we have Wednesday. Pete yeah, says we got Wednesday. We're on hour two. Th- we're two thirty in right well, now. Well, there was a there was a the part in the game oh, where boy. I just felt like the Falcons had a ch- few, like I said, a few chances to really put the Saints back yeah. into some tough spots. Mariota had the fumble down near the goal line, right? I think that left some points on the board. Uh, there was a few other plays too, but but I'll get into that Wednesday. Okay, all right. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, There was no game that was closer than the Colts and Texans that ended tied 2020 we got our first tie of the year happen week one it's one of those games where everyone's mad at the end i think the texans crowd was booing because lovey smith punted but that was the right play was it though i mean they're not going anywhere well, well you don't know that how dare you just fucking call your <laughs> shots like that they don't think that i mean maybe the division's not well, very good because no team from this division won and he had two teams play each other how crazy that's, that's pretty funny how crazy that's is pretty that? funny so maybe i mean they're they're atop the division with that tie uh, yeah, Colts, maybe a little disappointing, the beginning of the Matt Ryan era, although he did throw for 352 yards, yeah. threw the ball 50 times. Um, I, don't know what to ma- I don't know what to make of this game. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. The, I, the Colts are the better football team. The Colts, to me, made some crucial mistakes, okay, uh, 
early in the game. Another game, another team there I'd go, they could have really put the Texans in a tough spot early and kind of messed it up themselves. Alec Pierce dropped one in the end zone. Alec Pierce. I felt bad. Alec Pierce and Christian Watson. I know. Two guys My you two like. two guys, right. How Week dare they one do was that? not good. They're, they're never allowed on the podcast. You're banned <laughs> forever. Yeah. But, no, the had the drop touchdown. You know, and I don't even remember what happened points wise there. I think they got ended they, up. They went for it on fourth down. That was down. the fourth down. They didn't wild get it. Cat. So that was huge. They That's right. So good. Cat. So yeah. you have the fourth one that they don't get anything. I think on the next drive or maybe two drives later, Jerry Hughes makes the great catch on the uh, interception on the um, the screen pass that Matt Ryan throws. I mean, it's a screen pass. If it's close, throw it in the ground. So that that was kind of bonehead. Matt Ryan fumbles a snap during around midfield. So there was some things there where I just go, I don't think those are going to be consistently mistakes by the Colts. It's first game. They messed up a few things. Uh, I thought they, you know, of course, and then they battled back and, and made the game extremely, you know, close and tied it up. But well, They should have won, too. A 42-yard field goal exactly in overtime. Right. That was, that was kind of shocking. And shit. Right. Nope. Yeah. That, I mean, 42 yards, it's, there's no excuse for that. Not uh, in this day and age in the NFL. That, that's almost a gimme now. Davis Mills, you've always been skeptical of him. Yeah. Second uh, stint as a starter. Last season, six starts, 250 yards per game, had 240 in this game, two touchdowns, no interception. Yeah. There are some throws where he looks pretty he good. Does, he does. He's, he's a nice thrower of the football. Nice. He's a nice. Uh-oh. It's not special. I'm just saying it's nice. He's. he's to me, it's when the game is he can just play and we don't ask him to make any great plays and, hey, just be efficient and we'll play defense and we'll run the ball and we'll get some guys open and we know you're accurate, that's great. He's, just, he's not going to do more than that. That's, that's all my thing is with Davis Mills. And, you know, this day and age in the NFL, a starting quarterback, yeah, they're, they're supposed to do more than that. I'm just yeah. – so – but, again, there was, there was a lot of good there. There's no doubt. You know, and we know Brandon Cook's a special. O.J. Howard getting a touchdown. I mean, gosh, he's been there for a week. He gets two touchdown catches. That was pretty unbelievable. You know, but I, I think, um, you know, all in all, Houston – is not overly talented. It's going yeah. to be about coaching and toughness, and can they play efficient that way? You know, I, I thought clearly the Colts were the better team on the on the field, and uh, Jonathan Taylor looked good. I liked that their attitude they kind of brought running the football. You know, all of that was good, but you know, again, you make a few mistakes like they did, and all of a sudden you're you're in a, in a nail biter. Not changing your opinion about either team there, really. Maybe you're no. changing your opinion though about the Washington Commanders, mm. who got the comeback win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another comeback on a crazy week one, twenty-eight, twenty-two. Hunter Hyde, twelve. Wants to talk about Carson Wentz. Says, honestly thought he was done, but he surprised me. Let's see if he can keep it up now. Yes, well, he's challenging him. Don't don't. Carson Wentz has talent. We've seen him be really good before, so it shouldn't be a shock. Okay, we know that he's, he can do this. He played good in the preseason. You've heard us talk about that. He's looked good in all the preseason games, and you kind of heard in the preseason. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I made this statement multiple times where I just went, "I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. I don't think their offensive lines that physically overpowering where they're just going to be opening up holes for you know Robinson before he got shot or Antonio Gibson." But I do think that in the past game, they can be fucking dangerous. And they are. They showed you. It's hard to match up with those three guys at receiver. Those three guys can fly on that side of the ball. And you talk about McLaurin and then Jahan Dotson. Ooh, my guy. And then, yeah, and then Curtis Samuel to add to that. Yeah. 
you go, oh, I mean, that gives him some options and some weapons, and they were aggressive with some of their pa- plays down the field. And Logan Thomas? It was fun to watch. Logan Thomas back from his injury? Exactly right. I think this is going to be the way they're going to play. I know Ron Rivera probably wants to go, oh, I'd like to run the football and play that way. But I think their best way on offense is going to be through the right arm of Carson Wentz. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to, to continue to see this where, yeah, he throws it about 40 times a game. And they make big plays and they rely on him to make the big plays to, to get it to those receivers. Hoping to see a next step if you're a Jaguars fan for Trevor Lawrence. He was just one of six for 49 yards and an interception on deep passes in the game. Missed, some, missed a touchdown pass Travis early on to Zay ETN. Jones. Oh. Another over a couple because there was one to ETN. Oh, where he was, was, wide open was ETN in the was on the right one. That was ETN, yes. right? Okay, yes. good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I thought it was ETN. You know, producer Matt Casey tried to correct me a few times. He's like it was Zay Jones. Yeah, and, and I'm glad like, you I called him out. You. Yeah, I'm glad you I know more than you, that. Matt Casey. You're just a producer of a show. <laughs> I'm the football expert. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't great. Right. For tra- there were some. Uh, they did move the ball. I think there were times where they moved the ball. They did pretty well. Yes. Uh, and Trayvon Walker got a. What, a, a pick in his first game well, as the number had, one pick? And so the, there, there are some positives for the Jaguars. Definitely. They had some self-inflicted young. They showed their youngness in the game. He missed some throws there, right? Um, they had a drop ball on fourth down at one time where they went for it on another, on another series. They missed a field goal, right? So there, there, was, there was a little of everything to be had there in the football game. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I'm trying to remember Trevor's interception. I can't remember it exactly off the top of my head. But, again, you know, I like the look of the Jaguars. I do. You know, w- learning how to win and play the game in a manner into which it sets you up to win is not easy in the NFL. And I, I always go back to one of my first starts – I, I can remember sitting on the sidelines and we're playing against the Washington Redskins at the time and going, you know, hey, we're playing good. We should win. And all of a sudden they return a kick. And I was like, what? We're losing? I'm playing perfect. We're losing? And I remember a coach looking at me and go, hey, it's the fucking NFL. What you think? They were just going to hand it to you? And I'm like, yeah, he's, that's right. You know, I, got a, I got two more quarters here. I got to play perfect to win this game. <laughs> and, and it's just that's what's crazy about the NFL. And that's what's crazy about young players. Because in college, you go, oh, I messed up eight plays, but we still won by 20. Who cares? And then you get to college, I mean, the NFL, and you're like, wait, I, I got to be perfect on every play here to help us win? And the coach is like, yes, every play. Like, maybe if you make one or two mistakes, we'll be able to okay. But if you make more than that, we're fucked. And that's not easy to learn. Christian yeah. Kirk looked good. James Robinson looked good. ATN looked good. We'll see how they look going. Trayvon Walker looked good. He did. You know, um, even at the end, I mean, Tyson Campbell was all over Jahan Dotson on the last game-winning touchdown. He just didn't turn around and locate the football. Uh, but, but, yeah, all in all, I love the way Wentz and the weapons look. And Jacksonville – don't get, they're going to be a pain in the ass. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked if they're in a lot of games like this. Can they win them is the, going to be the big question. Two more games to go, and we're going to put on our newspaper hats for this one, the press hat. It is time for Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. So this is where we make Chris be that you're, you're like that main editor, what, managing editor of a newspaper? Yeah, right. Uh, and you've got to come up with a headline, but you have someone in your back pocket who just gives you the headline, and his name is Pete. That's what happens when you show up late to your own <laughs> podcast, right? So we got Browns defeating the Panthers. It looked like Baker Mayfield was going to get revenge against his old team, but then the Browns came back late, and Cade York, 58-yard field goal to win it. What's your headline? The Brissett 
The brissette, the baker, the long field goal maker. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. Is that a play on like the uh, what is that? The brisket, the, the basket, the butcher, the, the baker, baker, the candlestick maker, the candlestick maker. Yes. That's what it is. Okay, uh, that's great. Uh, you, you can tell that uh, Pete has young kids. Yeah, right. Very, Still apparent, in that, apparently, uh, yes, that that's realm. Right. Yeah, uh, very, very yeah, good. Yeah, I mean the, the, this one. Yeah, we could go for an hour on this game, probably with all the different things. Cleveland ran the ball again. Yes, like we like new quarterback, you know, new phone, same same thing. I was I'm surprised they Not ran the ball dis. with that success, but you're you're exactly right. There's um, no doubt. But uh, but the Panthers got what they did not have last year in big playability. Robbie Anderson with one. So, I don't know. This is another one of those games where both teams walk away. Yeah, you're, if you're the Panthers, you had that game one, but you probably feel okay about it. Yes? You should. You should. I mean, they couldn't do shit early. I mean, they could not do anything. I mean, Baker couldn't do anything. They couldn't run the ball at all on Cleveland. You know, you know, they, they, they had issues and, you know, got down 14, what was it, 14 nothing, right? And, and really, yeah. 14 nothing. Baker throws a bad interception. And then they had a bad pass interference call. I mean, not a, not a, it wasn't a bad call. The guy was in the... He was in the right place. He was all over the receiver. He just, again, another guy that didn't look up to locate the ball, and then Cleveland gets the ball at the one-yard line, right? So touchdown, 7 nothing. Then, you know, I think Carolina goes 3-and-out or 5-and-out. The Browns get the ball back, and it goes to your run game. Nick Chubb ribs off a big run. Kareem Hunt ribs off another big run. And I was like, oh, crap, we're down 14 nothing. And I give the, the Panthers credit for just hanging in there, really, for a while. You know, and kind of putting some drives together and finally made some plays. And it seemed like their defense kind of got a hold of the run game to a degree there as the game went along a little bit and hung around. And then Baker makes some big plays. The, the thing I want to go watch in this more than anything is just like the end of the game. I, I want to watch the roughing the passer and I want to watch the spike. Terry McCauley, right, our referee, yeah. ref Super Bowls, when I saw him in the dressing room around 6.30, he goes, the, he goes, the referees blew the end of that Browns game. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, on the spike. And I go, yeah, wait, the spike looked weird. They never really showed it on the telecast yeah. real clearly. The referee did get on the microphone and said, because they talked about it for a long time, and he goes, the quarterback fake spiked it and then spiked it. No penalty. It's a penalty. You're not allowed to do that. You know, it's 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 kind of like they they the NFL messed that up, and you know even Terry was even at the time going well. Look, the NFL hasn't made a statement about this yet because they know it's it's wrong. They, they the referees in the field they they bungled this little situation. When you spike the ball, you got to get the snap, and it's got to be one motion, throw it to the ground. If you pump and then spike it, it's grounding. It should have been grounding. It's kind of it's kind of very clean how it's stated, at least from how Terry explained it to me. Huh. And then the roughing the passer call. You know, I think that's another one where I'd like to go back and look at it. And I kind of saw it in real time. I haven't seen enough replays of it yet. You know, they called the old forcible blow to the head call on Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And that gave him the ball at the 40-yard line. That was a big play to kind of get their drive started. So those are things I definitely would like to go back and just get a little closer look. But it seems like there's a little controversy at the end of All that right, Maybe that's game. Our, one of our deep dive games on Wednesday. Graham Bailey says, uh, Cade York, that is why you take a kicker in round four. Does Chris think this could become a trend? By the way, that 58-yard field goal could have been good from like another like t- halfway up the 20. net, right? <laughs> I was, I, it, no doubt. I was like, that was almost a 60-yard field goal? He crushed that. There, and I think it is going to be a trend because 
I think what you're seeing is these guys are weapons. I mean, they're real weapons. Middle of the round, middle of the draft. If they're that, I mean, they've got to be head and shoulders above everyone else. No doubt. they got to be a guy that you go, oh, yes, we've seen, you know, 50-yard field goals throughout his college career, and it's down the middle all the time. But, yeah, when it gets to, whoa, we think we got a Justin Tucker or a Chris Boswell or a Robbie Gold or that type of guy, i got no problem with a fourth-round pick. And they're going to win you a lot of games that way. You know, just like we talked about, you know, it's the way the NFL is set up and the end of the games with the quarterbacks, I mean, the two-minute drive, damn, you just get to the other team's 40-yard line and you're, you're kind of guaranteed to win the game if you're down, you know, down by less than three. It's, it's an unbelievable, you know, thing to have at your disposal over a football team. But, you know, good victory for the Browns. Miles Garrett was a beast. Um, their defense played really well for the most part. And really, I just look at it, they gave up, you know, like the uh, – Big seam pass to to Ian Thomas, and the big pass to you know Robbie Anderson. Other than that, I felt like it was it was hard to get anything going for that Panthers offense all game long. Uh, Pete has given us the pool reporter conversation with the referee after yeah. the game. Cool, cool. Uh, he, the ref the the reporter asked about what about the fake spike and. The referee Rogers said, after discussion, we determined that stepping back does not disqualify the quarterback from spiking the ball, and we allowed him to do that by rule. And the reporter goes, did he step back? And the referee goes, yeah, his right foot stepped back. So he's not really addressing whether the, his arm kind of faked a spike there. He's just saying he just it was a step back, and I don't know. I like, yeah. Yeah, they, th- they think maybe he bobbled the snap, and that's why it looked funny. That's where i got to see it go again. Back and they look didn't really it. clearly show it on the telecast to ever again. really show it. So, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll check that out. But either way, gutsy win by a talented football team in Cleveland. And if their defense can play like that, and then they can run the ball, and Jacoby Brissett just not turn the ball over, they're going to be a pain in the butt. doesn't yeah. matter if there's no Deshaun Watson or not. They'll be tough to beat because they've got a lot of the talented guys across the roster. Ravens are tough to beat whenever Lamar Jackson is on the field. Final game to talk about, the Ravens beat the Jets 24. What was the final score? 24 to 9. Jets got 9. And they were kind of in it for a little bit there. Not a great game. There were some big plays for the Ravens. Right. Um, what's your what's your headline? On well, this one? I, I think you're – oh, I got a headline here. I forgot. Yeah, that's Sorry. the whole point of the segment. I totally lost where I am. No money, no problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Lamar still has money. Yes, but he he's not. Have, he's not poor. Yeah, but he doesn't have the, the two hundred million in yes, his pocket. Correct. Yet. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're waiting for. Uh, yeah. We, hey, all our eyes were on him. I mean, they they were they were all on him. We all want to see. Didn't play in the preseason. Just talk about him being bigger and thicker. You know, the contract situation. You know, that's it's a stressful situation. It's weird for a team that you know I think is a, a Super Bowl caliber team. I'm really proud of Lamar Jackson. I know it wasn't like efficient and Mahomes or Josh Allen and 300 yards and, you know, five touchdowns and all that, but this is where I liked it. First off, their run game is not clicking yet, and damn, Jawan James hurt. That stinks. Another injury to their O-line. It's unbelievable, Baltimore. They are snake-bitten at the O-line position. Can't run the ball. Jets playing pretty good defense. Like, and I'm not comparing them, but like Jameis Winston – you know, just went, let me let's just hang in here. This is where I look at like Cincinnati and go, "What the fuck were you thinking?" Like, just just play ugly for a little while, get a feel for the game. Okay, we're up by three nothing in the second quarter. Who gives a shit? 
you're better. The longer we play, the better team will rise to the top. And I feel like that's what happened in that football game. He wasn't going to take any chances. He really didn't make any bad decisions the whole game other than the interception, I think, early in the fourth quarter. But, you know, when the opportunities presented themselves for a play, he made them. I mean, his three big throws and really a big pass interference that set up the first touchdown pass to Duvernay, those were the difference in the football game. He had a good feel for, wait, our defense is – Coaches told me they're they're going to dominate the Jets, and it's Joe Flacco and all of that. And then Lamar just made three big-time throws, in my opinion, that, yeah, that was the game. That and the fact that their defense was dominant, uh, it just felt like the Jets really never had a chance in, in this one. Daniel Kunimoto, says Lamar Jackson, with all the pressure from the contract, started off slow but had one hell of a game, so he agrees with you. And Wilson 2X is a Jets fan that wanted a silver lining. He said, damn okay for that Jets defense. They did yes. look incredible at the first half, did great to contain Lamar, went downhill after that busted coverage by Joyner. Um, but uh, not bad. Still not bad for the Jets. Maybe some positives there and get Zach Wilson back. Maybe you got something going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly year. right. First off, like, yeah, Zach Wilson's better than Joe Flacco. So we all got to get, and Zach Wilson gives the team energy and playmaking. I know, see, this is where, like, teams get fooled sometimes. Well, Joe Flacco's been so good in practice. Yeah, it's fucking practice. He knows how to practice. A guy that's played in football for 97 years, they know how to practice and always look good. Always. I've been around those guys where you go, damn, maybe he should be starting. He's lighting up the practice field here. But then it gets out in the game and it's, whoa, they changed up a few things and there's pressure and there's an inability to make plays the same way a Joe Flacco used to make. Zach Wilson is going to bring some of that to you. Zach Wilson has an energy that we already saw through the preseason, even though it was just the one game. You could feel the team was kind of latching on to him, the Milfinator, right? They, were, they, they loved him. Sorry, but that's just the way it was. So there's something to that. Flacco doesn't bring that energy to the offense. Then for the veteran guy, throws a dumb interception to lead for the first points of the game. And then what was it, the other one? The, the, other, the Jets have a what an 18-yard punt that sets up another touchdown for the Baltimore Ravens. So the defense should be proud of the way it played. Offense, yes, there's work to do. Michael Carter the 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 Michael Carter the running back looked very good, right? He did. You know, and you know, I think you get Zach Wilson back in the mix there and let's you know again, let's not forget. Like I told you, Baltimore's one of those teams where it just it sucks to play them week 1 cuz you're just like what the fuck are these crazy guys going to blitz up and bring up and it's hard to prepare for them cuz they'll just do stuff where you go, well, they didn't do this against similar offenses to us last year, but for some reason they're playing this coverage. Wait, hold on, they got to take a drive or two here to figure out what the hell they're doing to us. That's where they're a pain in the butt that way, but yeah. um yeah, the Jets' defense, we all were looking at that because they were horrible last year. They were not the problem. Their defense hung in there and played well enough for them to have a chance to win the game. It's just the offense had no chance. So there's your silver lining for Jets fans. Your defense was not the problem, but you still had problems. Yeah, well, yes, you did. But, you know, when you run, you know, Michael <laughs> yeah. Carter, 10 carries, 60 yards. Yeah, there, yeah. You know, there was a few plays there to be there had were. on the offensive side of the ball. And, 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 again, like I said, I think, you know, Zach Wilson will make more plays than a Joe Flacco in that situation. Uh, but the Ravens, the Ravens, I, if they can get their run game and their running backs healthy and the O-line healthy, I just think watch out for them because I think their defense is going to be a force this whole year. What we did right there was a little segment called Called Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. We did it. We did we it. We got through all the games. Now there's one more game to hour go here. Hour 45, hour and 40 I think here. we're in the, about the hour 45 range yeah. at this point. Uh, one more thing before we go. Your thoughts on uh, the Monday night game, the last one 
Uh, and by the way, the Seahawks, they're in first place right now Woo! in the NFC West. Bam. Here we thought it was going to be the best division in football, and the Seahawks are atop. I mean, they Man, are. look at them. Let's end the place. season now, and they're in the playoffs. Seahawks uh, Twitter saying, oh, hey, here we are. Yeah, right, quick right. get that out there before they play the Denver Broncos, who you have picked to win this game 21-17. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I don't. I, I don't. You know, and again, I, I understand that Denver's, you know, probably the, is the better team here. I do. But, you know, again, here's another nuance of having played it all in the regular, in the preseason. You know, it's the first time in a new offense. I know everyone's going to be excited about Russell Wilson and all that. Seattle's going to be motivated about sticking it to Russell Wilson, too. There's no doubt. Let alone Pete and company. They know how to manage a football game. They do it. I, I really look at it and go, if Geno Smith. If they don't make any glaring turnovers or mess up some stupid protection, which their offensive line is certainly capable of doing, I think they're going to hang around in this football game. I do. You know, like I've told you, I like the receivers for the Broncos and the running backs. I do. I'm not sold the offensive line as great. You know, I, I guess I'm just still in a little bit. I got to see it to believe it first on the offensive side of the ball. I know it's going to be good. I'm just not sold it's going to be great. And defensively, you've heard me say, I don't think there's a lot of marquee players in the front seven. They're secondary. I like that. Um, so that'll be interesting, but yeah, I think it's going to be an ugly kind of victory for, for the Broncos here at, uh, in, in Seattle. So I you're taking say. let's ride over go Hawks. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. ride gets the victory right. over go Hawks for the Russell Wilson bowl. All right. That's it. We did it. That was fun. It that was, was fun. a great first week. Great first week. Um, we, and we saved some stuff for Wednesday. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah, well, we do. We've we got a lot of stuff to dig into for Wednesday. And that's where, you know, hey, homies, I'd like some of your input as far as what you'd like me to look at it film-wise, if there's anything. I'm going to do my best to watch everything that was kind of a, you know, a major storyline or a major game in general. Ahmed, I'll lean on you, too, because you're better at paying attention to social media and what the homies want and what mm -hmm. people are really clamoring about. And we're going to... Find the right way to uh, talk about this podcast on Wednesday, too. So we'll, we'll figure that out, and uh, we'll see you then. But what the fuck happened Wednesday is coming in two yes. days. And, and Durr has tweeted us. Oh, I love Pete's, it. Durr tweeted us. So it's, Pete it's reached German, out. right? It's German. I figured it was. For The Spectator. Ooh. So he, he goes, you can just call me The Spectator. The Spectator. For, he's from Munich. He's a listener in Germany. And by the way, we are we are a listener in uh, in England as well. Some of uh, um, Hobbit is someone who tweets us all the yeah, time. Right. And so she said, uh, any chance you could say anything about uh, about the Queen passing, which I know was very oh. impactful over yeah. there. And you know, she from everything you hear, it's like she was into horse racing. And, yeah. and so I do that a whole lot and has right. a lot of connections with her. Just such a genuinely nice person, dedicated to service over there. So everyone in in England, uh, we tip our cap to you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's it's special. You know, I, I don't know. It's 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 a, it's a shame to see it. Queen Elizabeth has been a fixture of, you know, my whole life, you know, and she's yeah, the queen and in a country where they still value it, but yet never seemed like it was like, I don't know. She never seemed like she was trying to steal the show, I no. guess. Very proper in her English ways that way. It seemed like she was she Res had the respect role that. in service of others. Yeah, you know, that's kind yeah. of the way that... Uh, I think that's a really cool thing about England in general. I know some people are like, don't like the monarchy. I don't get that. I think it's one of the greatest traditions that that, that country has to offer. And the, the, the country of England is who it is because of their great kings and queens of the past. So yeah. I like that they kind of like... You know, pay homage to that to a degree, but yeah, R.I.P. to her, and um, you know, long live the king and Charles the Third. Yeah, we covered everything. We get it in all. We pod. got it all. And I like instead of the Spectator, 
<laughs> I like dirt. How do you say it, Doug? Do you know how to say it? Still? I would still like to know how to say yeah, it. Yeah, uh, uh, the spectator. We need to know how to say der Bielbachter. Der Bielbachter. Der Bielbachter. I don't know. I know. I don't have a German accent either. All right, everybody. We'll be back Wednesday. What the fuck happened with my man, Ahmed Farid. Ahmed, you the man. Thanks for steering the ship as always. Thanks for getting up. Hey, thank you. Thank you for being patient on me getting up because I got here (laughs) eventually. I go, he will. That's always the case. I was like, Chris will always eventually get here. He'll always be here eventually. That's right. Peace out, homies. We'll see you Wednesday. See you. Clap it up. Oh, my gosh. We almost forgot. We almost fumbled at the one. I did. I was looking at my notes. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.